God, that was probably the best part of uh, being off for a few days. Sleeping. Just, yeah. Not having to wake up and say stuff. (laughs) What time do you normally get up, like, for a work Your alarm goes off. Uh, 4.45. You're thinking that sounds late. Yeah. What time do you wake up? Uh, My first alarm goes off at 3.20. That's just crazy, Val. I get up about 3.40. I'm impressed with your schedule and the way that you uh, diligently (laughs) function. Yeah. I don't know how you do it the way you do it. Uh, You know, it's a lot of drinking and crying. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, there's the name of your memoir. Drinking and crying. Val Porter, drinking and crying. Available at bookstores this Christmas. Imagine that would fly off the shelves. Oh, my God. We can get a local country band to come up with a song. It would be great. Perfect coffee table book. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's four minutes after six at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Center 11. It's 68 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. President Trump is naming Federal Appeals Court Judge Brett Kavanaugh as his pick for the U.S. Supreme Court. In a televised speech at the White House last night, Trump said the 53-year-old Kavanaugh has impeccable credentials and is committed to equal justice under the law. He called Kavanaugh a judge's judge. If confirmed by the Senate, the conservative Kavanaugh would replace retiring Justice Anthony Kennedy. Kavanaugh formerly clerked for Justice Kennedy. Kennedy usually conservative, but has been a moderate swing vote on some social issues that are key. Officials say PA's new state budget allocates more money this year to fight Lyme disease and mosquito-borne viruses. The Commonwealth's 2018-2019 spending plan includes $2.5 million to add health department staff to implement 18 recommendations made by a Lyme disease task force. The budget also increases spending to support West Nile and Zika surveillance programs by nearly 140 grand. A wedding ring is emerging from the ashes of a burned California home amid those massive fires around the state. Couple returned to their home in Galetta after the holiday fire burned most of their belongings to ash, but one thing remained intact, a wedding ring. Upon finding the ring, 48-year-old Dr. Ishu Rao dropped to one knee and put the ring on his wife, 39-year-old Laura Jensen Rao's finger. Couple's been married for only about eight months. They only had minutes to run from their home safely with their two kids, three dogs, and a cat when the fire struck. A Nebraska Uber driver facing drunk driving charges, and it was his passengers who turned him in. Police in Lincoln say they received a call this past Saturday night from passengers in Sean McMullen's vehicle who said he was driving erratically. They say he was also asking them for weed. McMullen was arrested <laughs> for his second offense of DUI, reckless driving, disturbing the peace, and not having insurance. I had a, a really messed up Uber driver one time. Totally drunk. Hammered. Hammered. Southside. Come okay. on. He stopped and peed. Did you... <laughs> he stopped <laughs> continue with the ride uh i got I, I got out at the first stop there were many stops and i just got out at the first when stop. you say he stopped and peed like at a kogo's yeah or? yeah okay. he, he didn't just <laughs> get street. out and hood just... ornament it yeah. <laughs> i, was I like, mean it's okay. the south yeah. side so that that's still on the table there yeah he was like i just got kicked out of diesel <laughs> <laughs> we're like you got kicked out for what he goes i don't know man those guys are crazy Hey, I gotta pee. And we're like, is this a bit? Like, is this real? It is was this, not. Uh, what's that? Cash cab or whatever? <laughs> right. Cab confessional. 
Taxi Cab Confessional. Oh, that was a great show. I love that show. Uh, in music news, Paul Rogers, a patron of the Willows Animal Sanctuary in England, has enlisted the help of some fellow musicians to support a new animal refuge. In an interview with the Press and Journal, he said, My wife Cynthia is designing a pet tabletop book to celebrate Willow's 20th anniversary this year with all proceeds being given to them. She's asked 20 of our musician friends to photograph themselves with their pets and write a handwritten autograph note about their pet. And every note will be auctioned for Willow's. Not to give too much away at this stage, but Robert Plant, Sting, Brian Johnson of ACDC, and Roger Taylor of Queen are among those who are participating. He said there's a common quote that I find to be so true, and that is, your heart and soul never fully awaken until you have loved an animal. So didn't know that about Paul Rogers, but... Robin Wright... Uh, Robin Wright weighing in on the sexual assault scandal involving her former co-star on House of Cards, Kevin Spacey. In her first televised interview on the issue, Wright told NBC's Today Show Spacey was great to her and was never disrespectful. She added the cast was surprised and saddened, but they forged ahead and were all thankful that they were able to complete the series as planned. Wright didn't comment on whether Spacey should have been fired from the show. Multiple people have accused the actor of sexual assault in both the U.S. and Britain. Yeah, they they, they pumped that headline out yesterday, like, Robin Wright breaks her silence. Like, mm-hmm. she had a story to tell. She yeah. was basically like, yeah, I didn't know him really off the set. Yeah. It was and between action and cut. I didn't have any experience with him because I'm not his demographic. Yeah, I wasn't a target for him. Mm-hmm. Actor Tab Hunter has died at the age of 86. Hunter was the 50s teenage heartthrob who played Joe Hardy in Damn Yankees, the movie. Uh, he passed away Sunday night. Hunter's partner confirmed the death, saying he suffered a blood clot in his leg, which caused him to go into cardiac arrest. He starred in films throughout the 20th century and was an accomplished singer, producer, and author. He was born in 1931 and was vocal about his sexuality after he revealed he was gay in a 2005 autobiography, Tab Hunter Confidential, The Making of a Movie Star. He was in a relationship with producer Alan Glazer for three decades. Warm and humid showers or thunderstorms mid-60s for the high today at 68 at DVE. All right, another chance. Two of them, as a matter of fact, to cut the line with Crawford and Kennywood. That's this Sunday, July 15th from 2 to 5. You and a guest will join our own Bill Crawford and cut the lines for bumper cars, swing shot, Phantom's Revenge, Exterminator, Pittsburgh Plunge, Thunderbolt, Racer, uh, and the Jackrabbit. After the rides, all the winners... Get to enjoy a picnic lunch in the pavilion. We get two winners a day. Like I said, you got to be 18 years or older, and we're giving one of those chances to win away early in the six, early. In the six hours. So uh, keep listening for your chance to uh, take the money. My brother, uh, you know, I got the brother. He's, he's like 18 years younger than me. He's the one that doesn't pay for any of the Christmas exactly. presents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he does throw around money. He bought, he bought a $450 pair of Jordans recently. Four hundred fifty bucks for sneakers for for, for basketball shoes, yeah. and wow. he does not play basketball. <laughs> yeah, and, that's usually the case with those Jordans. Yeah, yeah. And when he bought them, he goes, uh, he goes, "Hey, man, don't tell dad about this." I was like, "I'm I'm not gonna tell dad." I was like, "By the way, you're thirty. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, you have a job <laughs> and a house and a wife. You know, it's not dad's business what you spend your money on." And then we were at dinner. My dad's like, Greg, can you pass the potatoes? Devin bought a four hundred fifty dollar pair of Jordans. <laughs> <laughs> I sold them down the river. Yeah, man. you have to squeal. Yeah, oh yeah, man. Yeah. My dad's like the guy that does the he does Marshall's math for the most part with clothing. Like 
no matter what <laughs> item of clothing you buy, he will tell you how many of that item of clothing you could have bought at Marshalls for the same amount of money. Forty-five dollars for a shirt for for what? You could buy nine shirts at Marshalls for forty-five dollars. You know, and I'm not like I don't have a lot of clothes. I, I but I did. I found these seven jeans. Are you familiar with those? No. Yeah, it's like huh. uh, uh, seven for all mankind is the brand, and uh, I'm embarrassed. Like. It, I, I don't fit well with jeans, but they, I, they fit me. So okay. 200 bucks for oh. the, I know. Wow. I know. Don't tell my dad. Yeah. <laughs> I do not do this on St. Louis radio. He was $200 for jeans. $200. You, you could buy... You could buy Marshalls for two hundred dollars. You could be Marshall for two hundred dollars. You could be Marshall. Yeah, Jake Isles Band Centerfold. It's the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman, Bill Crawford, Val Porter. Little frog in my throat this morning. Mm. Mm. From all that whistling. Mm. 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 Yeah, you know, Sunday was the birthday of the Pittsburgh Steelers. On that day in uh, 1933, they were born. We had Gene Collier on yesterday to talk about the origin of the franchise, given that he, along with Rob Zeller's, co-authors of The Chief, he probably knows as much about the origin of the Steelers as anybody. The, the stories around the beginning of the Steelers are, you know, all over the place, and really the majority of them are not true. Uh, but that was the nature of the time, and more importantly, the nature of the Chief, Hardman Sr., one of the great American characters of the 20th century. You know, had his hand in a lot of things, and uh, one of them, and uh, not one of the major ones, was this idea about pro football. He knew some people who were getting interested in it. You know, it had none of the allure or popularity of college football, but uh, some people thought it might be a good idea. George Halas, uh, the Bidwells, the Maras, uh, you know, he knew a lot of people. And they were, they were getting into this, and, um, you know, he was somewhat interested Um they approached him about a team in Pittsburgh and, um, uh, I guess, Bert Bell about a team in Philadelphia. They thought that would be a good rivalry for the league. Um, and that that wound up happening. But how it happened uh, was uh, really uh, pretty interesting. The entrance fee um, for those guys, uh, George Hallis and the original founders, uh, the original, the entrance fee to get into the NFL in 1933 was $2,500, which as you recognize is the parking fee for today. Um, and the chief said, you know, if I had argued about it, they'd have let me in for nothing, but that's, that was the nominal fee, 2,500. Uh, so he was agreeable, uh, but he didn't have, uh, any players, but, um, the way he solved that problem was that his brother Jim had a football team in Johnstown, and his brother Jim happened to owe him five thousand dollars. <laughs> so the chief said to him, "How about I'll let you skate on that five thousand? Just give me that team." And that was the team that started in the NFL as hmm. what would become the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the Pittsburgh Steelers were basically the Johnstown Steelers. And weren't they named the Pirates? A uh, hundred miles. Yeah, they were some semi-pro team in Johnson that was owned by his brother, Jim. And uh, when they started in the NFL, they were actually the Pittsburgh Pirates, and they changed that name to some goofy names like the Hope Harveys. The Hope Harveys were, uh, had something to do with a fire company and something else. 
And then they were sponsored by the Majestic Radio Company, so they were the Majestic Radios also. <laughs> and then finally they were the Steelers. Uh, it's a whole thing. But, you know, the the most common misconceptions about how uh, the Chief got the Steelers was one was that he won it in a poker game. Uh, according to the research we did for the Chief, that's, <clears throat> and all reliable research says that's not true, although he won a lot of stuff in a lot of poker games. Steelers was not one of them. Uh, he did not actually win the team at the racetrack. That's the the, uh, the lore I'd always heard. He had a loot of money br- bringing it back from the racetrack. One, one big day. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 What happened there was that happened actually four years after the Steelers got in the league in 1937. The Chiefs' main talent in life was as a handicapper and as a horse player. He was brilliant at it, um, and he did it all the time. He would go from track to track and you know, bet the horses. And in one week in New York, Saratoga uh, and a couple other uh, New York tracks, I forget the names of them specifically, uh, Saratoga was one of them. Empire City was another one. Um, And in one week, one week run in 1937, uh, he won, I believe, $380,000, which in 1937 you know, incredible. And he actually took bags of money and put it on a train from New York and brought it back to Pittsburgh <laughs> and, and loaded it into the, the parlor of his mom's house on the north side. <laughs> that is so amazing. So, so despite uh, the popular uh, misconception that he won a bunch of money at a horse race and somehow used that to buy, purchase, and start the the, uh, the Steelers organization, uh, right. not really a lot of truth not to really. it. But what he said about that, and he and, uh, and Tom Atkins says in the in the chief, he said it um, without that money, he, there's no way he would have been able to keep this, the Steelers going because you know it was a very costly uh, proposition trying to run this NFL team during the depression. You know, making payroll to him was a big victory uh, every week or month, however, however it was uh, doled out at the time. But once he had those winnings. That really gave him, you know, uh, you know, the financial ability to not only maintain the franchise, but uh, you know, be a real player in the league. Not exactly the story that I had come to know. And Mike, I guess there are a couple different versions of this story floating mm-hmm. out, uh, floating around out there. Well, I have five books on the Steelers' history, and I looked at four of them last night. I still have to uh, scan through. Roy Blount Jr.'s classic, Three Bricks Shy of a Load. Mm-hmm. But in the, the first four books, I got kind of four variations of that theme. Oh, yeah. And and some of the facts coincide, and some of them are completely different. Uh, there's one called The Game, which was written by Tex Mall of Sports Illustrated. Why don't we, let me do a commercial and come back and do these, if you don't mind. Okay, do you want to do them all now? I was going to save them for a little later, because I didn't get through Three Bricks Shy of Sa- a Load yet. Save them for later, then. Yeah. We'll save them for but later. There's five of them, and it's, it's fascinating. Some of the facts, yeah, they, they agree, and some, they yeah. disagree. Okay, we'll get to that. Uh, also, a uh, full sports report coming up next for you from Mike Pursuti here on DV- DVE Sports. All right, Mike Pursuti's got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Sports is brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. The Pirates were on display to a national audience last night. ESPN yeah. had the Bucks nationals game Monday night at... PNC Park, and for a night at least, the Pirates looked like the team they thought they might be all season. Uh, Corey Dickerson led off and went two for five with a couple of runs scored and an RBI. 
Gregory Polanco batted third and went two for three with a couple runs scored and four RBI. And Yvonne Nova only gave up two home runs. That's down three from uh, the record-setting five he had coughed up in his last start. Nova went uh, five and two-thirds innings, uh, scattered eight hits, walked none, and struck out five. The Bucks beat the Nationals six to three. They have won two in a row for the first time since winning three straight from June 13th to 16th. And, perhaps more significantly, 2-0 in the wake of Neil Huntington's 4-4 <laughs> isn't going to cut it declaration now, on Sunday. If they can just win six more in a row, the team will have to, you know, that's our major league. It's doable. Well, here's what I was thinking about last night. What if they did that, just for the sake of argument? Now you're you're right around 500 again at the break, and you'd be back in it six or seven games out. Now you can't sell the pieces off, right? That's the point. Um, which they probably, without which they probably even more want to backlash. do, right? That I guess that's the point of it all. No, I wonder if uh, Huntington was sitting or not uh, Huntington. If uh, Bob Nutting was sitting wherever he sits last night and watching them win and cringing. Oh yeah, it was, it's very much major league scenario. <laughs> I yeah. hate this up and yeah. song. What do, they, what do they play when Vasquez comes in? Oh, I don't even know what his song is. It's not Wild Thing, right? No, no. Probably should be. No, it should be Leonard Skinner. What's your name? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it should. He was uh, a little shaky last night. He gave up uh, a couple of hits. Oh, uh, that's a, yeah. One strikeout. A little uh, shaky. Uh, our all star. That sounds exactly like our all star. But got it done. Uh, Polanco's home run was his thirteenth. Uh, his four RBI give him forty-seven on the season. Polanco also had a stolen base. Starling Marte had a stolen base. All of a sudden, the Pirates are running and uh, running with success. And uh, lo and behold, they've improved to forty-two and forty-eight. Still uh, eleven and a half games behind Milwaukee in the NL Central. They're stealing bases ever since Cervelli's challenge. I stole the base. <laughs> They did pick up a game on the Brewers last night uh, who lost to Miami. Another one with uh, Washington tonight at PNC Park. Jeremy Hellickson for the visitors. He's 2-1 and one with a 3.81 ERA. Joe Musgrove is going to come off the DL and make his eighth start for the Pirates. He's 3-3 three and three with a 3.79 ERA. Uh, the World Cup uh, continues today. It's semifinal number one. At 2 o'clock, France against Belgium. Tomorrow at 2 o'clock, Croatia against England. And the winners will meet on Sunday at 11 a.m. for the World Cup. Oh, that's awesome. I have cleared my afternoon for the France-Belgium game. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to try to watch that too. Did you clear your evening because you're going to be drinking for the afternoon you cleared? I'm not planning on (laughs) drinking. What? Uh, Wait a second. Should I? Yes. Who are you? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a soccer game. Have you met yourself? It's Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, the Moody and Blues sang about perfect. it. It's Tuesday afternoon. Well, I might have to rethink this. You're making some sense. Oh, uh, yeah. But I, I kind of want to... Gamble. Pay attention hard. <laughs> be involved. Be be engaged. Yeah, you can do both. You know, you might have a point. Yeah. You're going to watch it at the house. Like, yeah. you're not going to go to Piper's or... No, no, I'm going to watch it. bars. No, I want to I hear what they're saying and be able to focus on it oh i'm very much looking forward to it yeah it's gonna be fun yeah i've watched some of it you know if i've had an opportunity i've turned it on mm-hmm. i haven't you know set my clock or calendar or anything like that yeah 
Uh, and some of it I've you know sort of half paid attention, but well, it's a it's while a doing blast. other things. It's uh, funny how it's like picked up steam as it as it's gone on. You know, people are just getting sucked to it like a a magnet. Like a, when it first started, nobody was really tweeting about it. Then these last couple of games, especially the England game, everybody was tweeting about it. Yeah, I'm rooting for England of the four. Pretty easy choice. Croatia being the other semifinalist. Mm-hmm. Not rooting for Croatia. No. You don't like France, Mike? <laughs> Not a big France fan. And uh, Belgium's just one of those nondescript countries that... Belgium? They have you, great waffles. You neither love nor hate. So what's the point? I have love for Belgium. Do you? Yeah. Great love for Belgium. Have you ever seen the movie In Bruges? Yes. Well, there you go. It's a tremendous movie. One of the all-time greats. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Actually, I maybe mean, want to go on. to Bruges. Right. Well, guess where that is, Mike? Belgium? Belgium. Is it? So consider that before you start hating on Belgium. No, I, I wasn't hating. I just didn't have an opinion. Well, now you have one. Covered a lot of ground today. And it's only 6.30. Let's see. Belgium's okay after all. <laughs> yeah. You can drink on Tuesday That's afternoon. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's official. LeBron James is a Laker. Oh, good. I he feel fi- better. He finally signed his contract last night. Uh, four years, $153.3 million. This is crazy. That a superstar of that caliber has moved around like this. Yeah. It's also crazy that he hasn't been to L.A. Y- Till now. Yeah. To me, where would you go in the NBA if you had the choice? Miami or L.A.? That's well, it. Well, he's been Miami. Miami or, sucks, so but, you have to go to L.A. He's been Miami or Cleveland the last eight years, and he's been in the last eight NBA finals winning three championships. I understand going to Miami. I uh, I wasn't crazy about going back to Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's kind of tough. Yeah, that would know. be quite a culture shock. Maybe you miss the maybe you miss home. Like you ever been on a good vacation, even though no matter where it is, you're like, ah, I miss home. Maybe that's what happened for him. Uh yeah, well no, I think he really wanted to represent his uh his hometown. I really do believe that. He, he gave he, them a championship and he's like, Now I'm done with chintz. Well, it because look what he did. The guy single handedly almost gave him a couple more. How many finals did the the Cavs get in with LeBron? At least f- four. No, th- well, three. He's one in four. One four. in one in three in the finals with the Cavs. Yeah, two years ago, right? He two got years swept. Ago he, won. he got swept by the Spurs the first time around. Uh huh. Then he got swept this time. Then they lost when they had just they had crazy injuries they had like so that's three losses yeah so they are one and three wow i think yeah. i'm well, not sure on that all right let's move forward here we're, we're spinning wheels yeah if they could have had one more championship if they had one more guy who knew what the score was yeah give... or at least won that game <laughs> at least won that game, game one <laughs> probably wouldn't have won the series no. but you never know uh that's uh that's sports uh we did tease at the uh End of the last segment. Uh, we're going to get into this, uh, how the Steelers were purchased thing today because the the legends are interesting and they are varied. All right. Well, Mike, stick around because I have something to pose to you here in the next segment based on an upcoming one-on-one superstar matchup. And I'd like to see more stuff like this happening in the world of sports. And I'll tell you what I'm talking about when we come back. Val's got news. Top of the hour. Valerie. Well, if you rent out your place as an Airbnb, just expect there's a lot of sex going on in there. 
I I think yeah. every place that I walk into <laughs> on vacation, like if you stay at a hotel, you're like, ah, don't sit on that couch if you don't have to. Yeah, oh. especially naked. You know that some guy was just total bare ass on this. <laughs> That's why the remote control get a Ziploc bag. Put. You said that before. That is a really good hack. Yeah. Do you yeah. know who Lisa Rinna is? Yeah. The actress, she's on one of the Real Housewives that I watch, and oh. whenever she goes to a hotel, she disinfects everything in the room. I don't yeah. hate it. If you bring one of those rolls of uh, disinfectant wipes. Yeah, that's what she does. Uh-huh. Not a bad move. We should start doing that around here, as a matter of fact. Just something <laughs> to think about. Uh, our buddy uh, Matt Huff uh, from Children's Hospital is going to review the new Ant-Man and Wasp. He's our superhero movie reviewer and uh, also wants to tell you more about organ donor awareness. So that's on the way. It's the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman and hey, guys. Hey, guys. The word is hey guys. The word is hey Tiger Woods. and Hello, everybody. I got the stolen the base. Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson are planning a $10 million head-to-head showdown. $10 million. $10 million bucks. Winner take all death match, they're calling it. Although, I mean, look, that's, that's... only unless you kill one another right. at the end yeah. of it. I mean, a cage match is a cage match. It's actually in a cage. Yeah. Are un- they golfing in a cage? Because that's a big cage. It's unclear when. But according to Golf.com, it almost happened last week. <laughs> last what do you week? Mean it almost happened last week. Wouldn't you have thought this would be built up over like six months? Yeah. They act like it's happening spontaneously. It almost happened last week. Will what? it happen this week? We don't know. If you could put together a matchup like this in any sport, what would you do? But the first one that came to mind for me was I want to see Tyson fight again. Mm. But in order to make it fair, he'd have to fight somebody who's current and not in his weight class. So maybe a little faster. Could somebody actually score points and beat? Could Floyd Mayweather win a boxing match with Mike Tyson? I don't think so. I don't I mean, know. I don't, I don't know, know that much I, about boxing. I, Tyson might be in horrible shape. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, let's give him six Wait months. Wait a minute. Are you saying currently or in their pr- each guy in their prime? No, it doesn't matter. I just was like, you know, Tiger Woods and Phil, or neither are in their prime. At one time, they were both great. I'm guessing. But f- they're still the bigger names than, than anybody the guys who are sure. great now. Right. That'll be compelling. That'll. I totally agree. And then you're going to see more of them. So yeah. what do you want to see? How about we settle the LeBron uh, MJ thing once and for all somehow? I was going to say Mario Gretzky. Oh, a shootout. Man. I don't know how you would do it, though. You know, that's... I like the one-on-one basketball game concept. Right. What if Mario played Gretzky in basketball? I'd go with (laughs) (laughs) Mario. I told you I wanted to see McGuire and Bonds home run derby. Line those guys up again. That wouldn't be a bad one. That would be a pretty good one. I feel like they could both still knock it out of the yard. Unquestionably. Why don't we take this all the way and have guys of different historical ears in their primes do it? Such as? Uh, Mickey Mantle against, uh, right. you know. Hank whatever. Aaron. Yeah. Well, there was that TV show back in the day that was so great. Uh, it was actually called Home Run Derby, I yeah. believe. ESPN re-ran it for a, a while. It's a black and white television show. 
These guys would show up and they'd just have a home run derby against each other. And that was the show. Why don't they do something like that now? Because people are worth billions of dollars and if they get hurt on a mm-hmm. stupid TV show, their franchise will sue. You oh, remember this? Sh- why did you ask that question out loud and answer it yourself, Randy? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you should have thought about it before you just started yapping. Yeah, you're right. Do you remember that show? It, it was a good premise. It wasn't a great show. Pros versus Joes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just like athletic dudes. Do you that- you know, against a pro. But it should have been Joes versus pros so that, like, LeBron James would have to, like, put a hinge on a door. <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. By the way, I LeBron James against any of the other greats, it would be tough, especially against MJ. He's built like a defensive end. How about LeBron James against Magic Johnson? That would be phenomenal. Because he's closer to Magic, pretty, I think, than he yeah, is to the Jordan size, size in his game style, is- too. God, I mean, they're just so much. I mean, LeBron is still great, and I mean, I doubt. Or who would, how about Steph Curry against Wilt Chamberlain? Like, <laughs> yeah, a shooter versus a big man. Like, could, could he draw Wilt out and then go around him, or does Wilt just take the basket and swat everything? Right. Well, you'd have to go Shaq because Wilt is uh, expired. Well, Mickey Mantle is too. I know, but that's what I'm saying. No, I'm, I'm, Wait a second. What? I really would like to see more of this stuff, and I'm wondering where it's going to go. It has to be it could it, basketball. You could get away with one on one. There's no other sport you can really do it. No. Golf, tennis. tennis, tennis, boxing, and you know I don't know cross country. I guess, but I'd like swimming. to see Serena versus Sampras or Agassi because I think any of the current male dominating tennis players would probably. You think Djokovic would beat her up too easily? Yeah. I don't know. I think yeah. that match would be a Djokovic. She would probably clobber. He would beat her up on the court. She could probably kick his ass. Yeah, I mean, she is uh, one of the most impressive physical specimens to ever play any sport, man. She. Yeah. There was a time when Serena was dating LeVar Arrington, and I just kept thinking, oh, if they get married and have kids. Oh, my God. That kid's going to be all ass. The greatest athletes <laughs> ever. Oh, my God. Look at these butt cheeks. Is there a kid in there? But uh, the Tiger Woods-Phil Mickelson showdown, 18-hole death match, they're calling it, which is kind of dumb. $10 million head-to-head. See, I want to see David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar. There you go. Now you're talking. Karaoke. Winner takes Van Halen. There's a caveat to that. If Mickelson hits the ball twice, then it's $20 million. <laughs> Yeah. Think how many times he's going to cheat in that one. It'll be too tough. Everyone will be watching him. What about a, oh, with the rules. a David Lee Ross, Sammy Hagar boxing match? Like a celebrity boxing match? Who'd, who'd win that Sammy. one? Sammy. Because yeah. I think he might have actually done some boxing. David Lee Roth would probably punch himself in the nose before it even started. <laughs> Days of dandy. But then his dogs would run out and attack Sammy, so it could be really <laughs> just a terrible situation. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Val has news for you at the top of the hour. We're going to talk about uh, all the sex happening in Airbnbs. So much sex. Also, so much. getting you ready for uh, this weekend's Deutschtown Music Festival, the band the late hit will be in in the 9 o'clock hour. And be caller number 33 right now at 333-WDVE. Cut the line with Crawford at Kennywood. You and a friend this Sunday could be at Kennywood and cut all the lines for three hours. And afterwards, enjoy a picnic lunch in the pavilion. First just, we ride, then we feast. Just like uh, back in the day. Two winners a day will be picked. Our first one this morning, it could be you. Caller 33 at 333-WDVE. So tonight, 8 p.m. on WQED, the fourth in the series of Nebbies. Three more to go. Four Nebbies down, three to go. 
Uh, so that's tonight. Make sure to check that out. And special preview for the next Nebby. We're really excited about this one. That Kennywood Summer. Yeah. You know Can you tell what that is? Gonna, I think I can. Yeah. What do you think it is? I think that it is getting people's memories of their trips to Kennywood in the, in the summer. No. Or the summer that you did <laughs> Kennywood memories. No. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Yes, what a great moment. No. 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 Remind me not to use Seaback as a phone a friend if I ever get on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. No. 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 No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, no. I think I know what it is. <laughs> he's like, do you, do, you, do you know what that is? Do you know what that is? You're like, I, I do. It's when you, and then he's, no. No. <laughs> oh. No. <laughs> no, happy Tuesday. <laughs> no. No. Hey, speaking of Kennywood, congratulations. Brock and Bethel Park will be off to this Sunday's Cut the line with Crawford at Kennywood. All right, Brock. Let's let's rock. Two to five on Sunday. You guys will be riding all the rides. Then you have like a nice Sunday night picnic. Hey, how about that? Hey, how, how about that to go into your work week? What a, what a lovely way to end yeah. the weekend. My whole family's going to be nice there too. So you get to meet day. the whole Crawford clan. Oh, how about that? So you just go and hang with all the Crawfords. That'll be lovely. It will be lovely. It will be. Well, there's not going to be any necking. Uh, but we will be in the pavilion. I don't know. I mean, there could be some necking. I mean, if you bring some of your older relatives, they might have been back in the... Uh... They might want to relive their youth. Yeah. I remember clearly as a teenager, uh, when it started to get dark, we would go in the back of the pavilion and neck. <laughs> pavilion. And all the other old ladies are like, <laughs> oh, that was crazy. I don't know why. To clearing and um, for rushing. you know college and occasionally I did see someone with their zipper down, you know, and I said, yeah, Kenny was open. They had no idea what I was talking about. You know, people that came from Erie or something, but you know, a few people didn't know. So it's like kind of a universal thing, you know. Kenny was open your flies. The, is that Beth Snodgrass? Mm-hmm. The from one ride that you're riding. What what swing is it? Oh, the uh, the the. Wave swinger. swing shot. It, yeah, the swing shot. Oh yeah. Is that the the swings? No. That best no. Snodgrass worked no. on. No. The, uh, <laughs> the swings are right over in that area. No. What is the swing shot? The swing shot is like a you're you're sitting in like this swing and thing? it just goes up and no, then it no, comes back. That. It's it's like a pendulum kind of thing. Nope. I do fine on those things when they start, and then at the end I get sick. Well, the thing about the the swing shot that's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> Is you go like straight back and you are parallel with the concrete. So you're just staring at the concrete. And I can't help but every single ride I'm, I've ever been on, I always think like, how bad would it go if this thing broke? How will I die if I die on this ride? <laughs> the, the wave swinger was always like the calmest ride that always scared me the most. Because I'm like, if one of these swings comes off, just gonna fly into the trees <laughs> but it would be so peaceful right up to the point of impact true oh you know what it is now one ride that we ha- we did last year that i was like yeah i'm never riding that again i just can't is um the black widow 
Oh yeah, I can't do those. Seen that one? Yeah, and I was like, nah, I can't. Things. I'm sorry. Those it's are just, just vomit it's machines scary. for me. That's the one that like <sighs> it, it's like a it's spider. A, ride. It's a it's a pen. It spins and it's a pendulum. It's where yeah. the um, way up in the air. Where that uh, whatever that drop ride was. What was it called? Ah, I can't remember now. No thanks. I'm done. I might be called? at the point where I'm just done with rides. Yeah, I'm not a thrill seeker. No, see, I, I love, used to be I so good at the rides. rides. I love the rides. I get an inner ear thing. I don't know what's happening. It's screwing me all up on these rides. Val coming off of the Thunderbolt was pretty funny. <laughs> Val looked like she saw a ghost. She was like, I, I've never ridden a roller coaster. That wasn't the first roller coaster. No. What's this, what was your number one roller coaster conquer? The Thunderbolt. Really? Yeah. For sure. I've only had, uh, I rode the Blue Streak at Conneaut Lake Not when same, I was yeah. a teenager. Yeah, that was. And was terrified. Did yeah, you we ever used to ride do the that one like. Coaster at Idlewild? No. We used to see how many times we could ride that roller coaster. The Blue Streak? Yeah. I mean, we would try to get up to in the 30s and stuff by the end of the day. I don't remember that one. Oh, uh, it was the one where if you sat in the back seat, uh, it lifted up. all over. Okay, see, that's the jackrabbit at Kennywood. Sit in the back seat on that double dip. The hellhole at oh, Connie Lake Park was one of my all-time favorites. The hellhole. Because if someone threw up, it would just stick to the wall next to them. Because <laughs> you're so in a what, centrifuge. Like a, uh, like a Gravitron kind yes. of thing? Yeah, you're in a centrifuge type thing, and the floor drops from underneath you, and you're just stuck to the wall oh, as I it's like that. zooming around. Yeah, and if oh, anybody ever got sick, they ah, it would just <laughs> <laughs> right over by the bumper cars in Kennywood. Now I think it's like the exit of the newer roller coaster. Um, it was where this, the rotor used to be, and that was the centrifuge kind of thing where the floor would drop out. Yeah, that for me that's so relaxing for some reason. Oh God, I can't, I like, can't go uh... on a swing now without getting nauseous. Just like a regular swing at the park. My kids will be at the park and I'll go on the swing. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. <sighs> you just said you love rides. This is what I'm saying. No, no, no. no. I, get- I just, for some reason, like those kind of rides, I just get a little nauseous. Roller coasters, I'm fine. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know. Ever since my ear, ever since I got the, uh, the ringing in my Tinnitus. ears, I think everything's screwed up. I don't, I'm not able to go on rides like I used to be able to. I can barely hear World. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm okay with just sitting and that's what I like. This is another thing Tim and I can't do together because he doesn't like things that go around and around and I love those and he no, loves roller coasters. Yeah. I For tell some him. reason, I don't know what it is with guys. It's like my equilibrium is lost when I get on those things. This I'm is what I'm to tell you. I'm okay sitting here waiting. <laughs> it's a lovely day. <laughs> I don't mind at all. I have some, uh, I have a, a, a delicious drink. Enjoy the day at the park. <laughs> I actually I'll do like sitting at Kennywood and just listening. I like the oh, sounds of the Kennywood best. as much the as people anything. people watching with the oompa music and just everything. I mean, it's great. It's a lot of fighting at places oh, like yeah. that. Like Arguing, oh yeah, yelling at each it's, other. It's kind of oh, refreshing yeah. for me to see somebody else melting down. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is what it looks like from the outside looking in. Yeah, I'm usually experiencing this first person. <laughs> My family uh, back in the day, we didn't fight because it was like everybody 
Get get away from each other. Just go. Go your separate up, ways. Figure out who you're hanging with today. Be back meet here. Meet back noon. here. Yeah, for lunch, and then uh, see you at five after that. Yep. All the ladies in my family would just be posted up at those benches right outside the parachutes. I'm telling you, we, the the craziest park we ever went to when we were kids. I don't think it exists anymore. It's called Canada's Wonderland. Oh yeah. And Mm-mm. they had never heard. I of think it. I went there when I was a senior. I think that was our senior trip. Was it in, in Toronto? I think yeah. They so they didn't have any Disney characters or anything like that. But the company they were affiliated with was Hanna Barbera. <laughs> so it was all these Hanna Barbera characters walking around, Fred Flintstone, etc. They were like the mascots walking around the park. So we were, it was kind of awesome. You're yeah. like, dude, we're around all the cartoons. It's like, there's Tennessee oh, Tuxedo cool. or whoever. Who was the, uh, the one? Heaven's to Megatroid even. Oh, oh yeah, God, yeah. Uh, I don't remember his name. Like all of those cartoon characters were walking around. And that place, and it had a few weird rides, but mostly it was pretty awesome. It was just way far away. But we did Darien Lake, Geauga Lake. I mean, I knew, him. I knew all of those parts. Geauga Lake I- is gone. Yes. Yeah, Daring Lake's or still shut there. Shut down. Well, I mean, it's still, the footprint of it is still you there. You can Island? YouTube a drone right. footage of, saw that. of Geauga Lake. And it, it's, it's sad. Yeah. It's deserted. Yeah, because it's just, you You can't really tear all that stuff down, so a lot of it's still standing. But And it was a SeaWorld. It was a SeaWorld Geauga across, Lake. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Across the lake. Um, I remember, I just re- realized, I rode the Demon Drop at Cedar, Cedar Point. Point. Oh yeah, yeah, that was awesome. That's the one. Did you, put, you do the you put quarter? A penny under, or, yeah. yeah, it'll float. I, don't I was too scared. I don't remember. Demon Drop was fun, but boy, those lines—I mean, they were hours long. Yeah, that was the first park that I was ever at where they gave you a a time estimation at the front of the line, so you could see like, this oh, this line wait. is a forty-five minute wait. Okay, great. Let's get in line because forty-five minutes is the shortest line at Cedar Point for any of those big rides. Well, Kennywood, you won't have to worry about it this Sunday if you win the contest with Crawford. Cut the line with Crawford to Kennywood. We got another chance to win coming up this morning on DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Center 11. It's 68 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by BobbyRayHall.com. Rescuers have successfully brought several more boys out of that flooded cave in Thailand. 11 boys now being treated at a hospital. The latest rescues mean only one more boy and the soccer coach remain in that cave in northern Thailand. The rescue team commander says he hopes they'll all make it out today along with a doctor and three Thai seal divers. The 11 to 16-year-old boys and the 25-year-old coach got trapped by rising waters as they entered the cave June 23rd. Hospital staff say the boys who were brought out yesterday and Sunday are recovering and are miraculously healthy. Officials say the remaining wreckage from Flight 93 is now buried near the memorial. Representatives said Monday that four shipping containers holding the wreckage were buried in a private ceremony on June 21st. Officials say the ceremony was held in a restricted area only accessible by loved ones of the victims. Uh, I think we've talked about this before, the post-vacation blues New survey finding 25% of American workers say the positive effects of vacation time, like feeling less stressed and having more energy, mm-hmm. disappear pretty much immediately when you go back to work. Yeah. And according to the American Psychological <laughs> Association's 2018 Work and Well-Being Survey, 
40% of respondents say the benefits of vacation only last a few days at most. Uh, but there are those who say the vacation itself isn't even relaxing at all. 21% of respondents <laughs> said they feel stressed while on vacation. 28% said they wound up working more on vacation than they planned to. And 42% spend their time dreading going back to work. I'm miserable before I even get back to work. How about that? <laughs> I would think if you're a parent, a vacation is never relaxing. No. Because you're never not a parent. Right. And then you become half parent half lifeguard for a week that's fun especially when your kids aren't the age where they can swim it's like oh good i gotta be the the dad and david hasselhoff yeah well it does keep you from entertaining thoughts like maybe i should move to tibet and become a monk (laughs) because sitting around doing nothing is so good for me (laughs) (laughs) just entertain thoughts of like Leaving the mm-hmm. real world, pulling a, uh, um, what the hell is the movie? With Brian Cranston? Chris McCandles, whatever his name was. The, oh, Into, Into the, the wild. wild. Yeah. Oh. You pull yeah. one of those moves. And then like- I thought about it. Sure. Then I saw that movie. I was like, ah, this won't end well. Yeah, but that guy was also an idiot. Uh, also, yes. Mm-hmm. They, forg- they, they really failed to mention that in the book and in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, this guy did a lot of dumb things. But, you know, escape, the escapist aspect of it is yes. very romantic, like leaving all my possessions behind. Selling all my stuff. Yeah. And I could never do it in a million years. I mean, even when I went For out to how? Colorado a couple weeks ago, I'm like, this is just so great. I love, you know, because Telluride's in the middle of nowhere. Sean was just there, too. McDonald's, like the Four Corners part of the country. There's yeah. nothing there. Nothing. And you can, you know, kind of chill out and feel at peace. And you're like, yeah. Maybe this I is how this. I... Yeah, there's no way I could. Like, <laughs> nothing has Wi-Fi. I would go crazy in about a little over a week. After a week, I'd be like, all right, really? The same guy sitting on that stool? <laughs> well, you would have to find a new a new life. You know, like you would have to completely rewire your brain to be geared towards something Maybe else. Maybe you could become a bird watcher. Right. And what it is is that I like my life a whole lot. It's just that I hate the dumb parts of it that make it stressful. Right. Well, that's. But you think like, everybody. well, if I abandon everything, then I'll get rid of the stressful parts. You just add new stressful parts. Different stress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now so you might as well do what you really like. Now doing. you're foraging for dinner. <laughs> it's the the uh, devil stress, you know. And, and then I'm failing even in my head on those fantasies. I'm like, oh. If I get over here, it's like I'll ride a motor. I don't know how to ride a motorcycle. <laughs> I can't ride a motorcycle. I don't even have a helmet. I forgot my helmet. It's my fantasy. Forgot the helmet. Another vacation. I can't camp. Related news. A new survey has confirmed what you probably already knew or thought when you have guests staying at your place through Airbnb. They're having sex. A mm. lot of sex in every room of your house. Bow. Survey asked over a thousand guests and one hundred hosts if people were getting it on. Fifty-four percent of guests admitted they had sex in someone else's house or apartment while staying there. They confessed they not only had sex in the bedroom but also in the shower, on the couch, and in the kitchen. Oh boy! Wow. Even worse were the thirty-two percent of guests who admitted to leaving dirty sheets behind. Oh boy! After their visit. would you ever Airbnb? Like, I don't know. Uh, allow your house to be in no, Airbnb. No, no way. Never. Mm-mm. Never, never, I'd afraid never. people would trash it. I've, and have sex those... all over the place. <laughs> in the kitchen. 
I've gone into Airbnbs, but I'm more apt to take the Airbnb place where they have at least figured out that they don't want to have too much of their own personality in it. Yeah. Like white blankets or like white comforters, white sheets, you know. Everything's Once neutral. you start Airbnb in and there's like someone's got like Denver Bronco sheets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Star Wars sheets. Yeah. It's a little too intrusive. Their personalities are bad. You're you, like, hold on a second. Who lives here? Yeah, you have to make it a little more antiseptic for me to want to go and in, in live in your house. Well, I always think of it as just a more efficient, up-to-date, way to rent out like a, a place that you already rent out mm-hmm. you, you know what i mean but like that's not how a lot of people treat i know it. i know most i think people that do it are just looking to make 50 or 60 bucks and they kind of have it like oh i got an airbnb tonight and then they figure anytime that happens they're going to call their buddy and sleep on their couch yep a lot of people a lot of people do it in new york mm-hmm. to offset the crazy prices of rent you know and those people are not prepared at a moment's notice to no. turn it into a very neutral living space. You are walking into somebody's life. But they also don't care because if you live in New York, you've kind of achieved the status that you're looking for, which is to live in New York. So you don't really have like every apartment I've ever been in, any of my buddies that live like in Manhattan or anywhere on the island, it's it's crappy. Like it's Spartan conditions. Like- yeah. Um, a studio apartment. Yeah. 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 My sister lived in Brooklyn for 12 years. In her apartment, I always said, yeah, she lived in Greenpoint, and I would always say, this place is awesome for how awful it is. It was a terrible place. Yeah. But in the context of what was available there and what she was paying for it, it was great. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, I only paid 1200 like, so Oh, my God, that's amazing. Though. You could open was... the door from the toilet. Hey, <laughs> how are you guys? The front door. I'm just cooking something. You guys hungry? <laughs> the front door of her place opened into the kitchen. So you walked into the kitchen, mm-hmm. which wasn't so bad. But the next room was a bathroom, and you went through a bathroom to get to a, like, bedroom and then there was like a little living space after that where her and her roommates had tvs and one of them lived in that room so it was just this railroad thing that kept going <laughs> where there was no discernible like am i allowed in here feel right. to any am of am i crossing through somebody's private space but if you wanted to go to the bathroom and you were in the far one you had to walk through somebody else's bedroom to get into the bathroom and god forbid you had to go to the kitchen then you'd wake up the whole house <laughs> <laughs> hey our buddy huffy is here right now matt huff uh who is uh, our superhero movie reviewer heart recipient at children's hospital of pittsburgh uh how's the ticker doing good good yeah it's yeah. working looking good did you have fun at comedy fest uh-huh yeah that was really fun who was oh, your favorite yeah. comic um <clears throat> Bill. Hey, what's up, Bill? Oh, it's Bill. Thank you, man. Uh, yeah, Bill Crawford. Oh, you didn't uh-huh. have to say that. Other than me, though, um, I liked them all. It was really, it was really good. Um, my friend John, he really liked um, Bert. Oh yeah, of course, sure. The machine. Uh, well, it was good to see you there. Great to see you this morning. So let's get right into the action here. Ant Man and the Wasp. We We're all get the a way down to, get... to insects now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, where did this comic begin? The like movie, yeah. Uh, it's like a sequel to Civil War because after that, like after Civil War, um, all the heroes who didn't like sign the accord are now like not villains, but like superheroes aren't allowed basically. So he, Ant, uh, Scott Lang, Ant Man, Paul Rudd is at under house arrest, so he's staying there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the original in the first movie. Um, Hank Pym, the original Ant-Man, they were on a mission, and his wife, um, Janet Van Dyne, was sucked into the quantum realm, and now this movie is where they're trying to get her out, 
but when they opened the quantum realm uh, of the villain Ghost, it was a Ghost was originally an Iron Man villain, so they used her for this one. Um, but overall, the movie was really good. It had a really it was a, it was more comedy, so I liked it more. Um, I've seen enough of these movies now where I actually understand what he's saying, <laughs> but you probably got no, none of that. No, no, the quantum realm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, all right. Sign so you like this? One. This was a little funnier. War. They they mm-hmm. seem to do better when people come away and say, "Oh, it's funny too." Mm-hmm. Like Ragnarok did well for that. Uh, their um, the Deadpool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So people really are looking now to to attach some really good humor oh, yeah. to these movies. Yeah. And the way it ties into um, Infinity War, you have to stay to the mid credit scene. Like you have it. Even if you didn't want to find out, you always got to stay in the main credit scenes or you're not a Marvel fan. So. Right, because yeah. they always have some kind of Easter egg or some That ties scene. into the next yeah. movie. Yeah, when I went to see Black Panther, the whole audience just just stayed right in their seats. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nobody moved. I'm like, maybe we're not supposed to move. And then there were a couple things in the credits that mm-hmm. yeah. made sense why you weren't supposed and to see, move. And there's, see, there's things that, that you saw, because I saw Black Panther too, but I didn't realize what any of the storyline was until I went back and watched them in sequence when you see Civil War there's a part of mm-hmm. Black Panther's story that's pretty pivotal that you know you're okay. not privy to so Ant-Man and the Wasp Ant. Ant. Ant-Man and the Wasp you're giving it a what's your review there uh, I give it an 8 out of 10 8 out Whoa. of 10 alright nice that's the same score you gave Black Panther mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've watched Black Panther more and every time I watch it I'm like I don't really like it Oh really? I mean, I like I like the superhero Black Panther, but the movie it's just like it's kind of boring. You think it's boring? A little. It's wicked. I mean, I mean, Killmonger was probably one of the uh, top ten best villains so yeah, far. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. All right. So. It's crazy to hear him say that, but now that I've seen all the other ones, like it. it so you like started as... with the like you've watched? Oh yeah. Okay, that's yeah. good. All right, Huffy. So you get an eight out of uh, ten, and uh, what's the next Marvel movie you're going to review for us? Uh, or comic book movie? Probably Venom. It comes out oh, in October. That's, yeah, that's Tom on my Hardy. birthday, so I'm excited to go see that. All right, cool. Well, tell us about what you got going on uh, with uh, w- with uh, organ donor awareness. Um, about it was June 9th through the 16th. I went to heart camp. Mm-hmm. I haven't been. How there was in, that? It was fun. I haven't been there in 10 years. So, oh, wow. um, what's the name of Heart Camp again? I forget where it's at. No, isn't there a name for it? I know Chihope is the transplant. Oh, there's camp. a there's a Camp Conaqui there. Conaqui, that's they what help I'm out okay. with us. Um, it was fun. So, like, I wasn't planning on going, mm-hmm. but doctor, one of my doctors, um, he kind of like forced me into it. He's like, "You got a new ticker, so we're gonna yeah, go." Don't be an example for everybody. So actually, because I, I was like so nervous the day I went up because I didn't sign up to like a week before camp started, <laughs> and he tells me he's like, "All right, so you're all with ten year olds." I'm like, "Oh, this isn't gonna be fun." <laughs> but like, I was on my way up there. I was like, "I might just tell him like to be nice. I'm not staying." But once I got there, it was really fun. Like all the kids had fun. Um, there's this one thing. It was called um crap uh the trail of courage and you like do all the like you climb up walls and like there's this one thing like you walk across like this wire and one of the little girls who was hanging out with me she's like you should do it i'm like i don't know about this (laughs) so i'm doing it and i get halfway out there and i i freeze like i'm so nervous and the girl behind me she's like quit being a baby and just go (laughs) no way so you're getting heckled from a girl from behind all right so this this badass chick is coming across the wire so now you have to go yeah 
But overall, it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I, Heart Camp is like a place where they can be who they want. Like, we don't, like, because, like, if you don't know about your heart problem, you can learn about it there. Mm-hmm. Like, we uh, do Ask the Doctor Day, and then we have a transplant powwow for all the kids who had a heart transplant get to know, like, why they needed a transplant if they didn't. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a good experience. Like, it's a week. Like, everybody has fun. Like, you get to know new people. Like, it's great. Like, once, like, when I stayed in the hospital before that, I knew no one else who, had, like, had a heart problem. So, like, that's how I... Like started to meet people. Yeah, you're able to bond mm-hmm. people with similar experiences. Oh, yeah. yeah, and that's helpful. There's no doubt. You're coming up on the one year anniversary, right? Yeah, September 14th. Wow, I cannot believe it's wow. Almost that, that is time. crazy, dude. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And relatively, things have been good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right on. Yeah, you look good, man. Your like yeah. color is good. Oh, yeah. Look, this is the healthiest mm-hmm. I think I've seen you. Oh yeah, I think August third or second, I get a full heart cath. It's where. It'll take like an hour and a half and like you're awake for this now. Like once you get a transplant, they don't want to put you to sleep. And just in case like the heart doesn't like wake wake back up, I guess. So like they'll go through your neck and then they'll go through like your groins and stuff. And you're awake through all this. They talk you through it. You can listen to music. But like when I when I get just this one, it's it's fine. It takes like 30 minutes and you're in and out. Can they get you local anesthesia or what? You can like feel loopy, but I just take a little just to... For them oh, to yeah, I always in. take the drugs. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So, all right. Yeah, so that's coming up good. in August, <laughs> and uh, so you'll you'll keep us uh, aware of what's happening mm-hmm. there. But we're really proud of you. You look great. It was great to see you at Comedy Fest. Thank you for the review this morning. And once again, I uh, want to uh, reiterate the importance of uh, becoming an organ donor mm-hmm. if you're not already. Yes. Um, I feel like if you're not an organ donor, one, I don't know why you're not, because <laughs> you like because you could help a lot of people out. And then the other thing is, like, I found out when um, they did a present, core did a presentation at my high school, that like if you die like in a car crash, even though you're an organ donor, you like you can't donate anything because like by the time you get the like you have to die. In time the is of the essence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About a week, a week or two ago, I did a presentation at core. I thought it was just like an all like this, like an office building and stuff. But like when I walked in, like they had their own ICU, um, like lab for blood work and everything, like. I was like, it was really impressing, like, to see all that. Mm-hmm. Like, they're trying to get to the point where whenever, like, you're, like, you, like, they, like, after the car crash, like, they wouldn't take them to the hospital. They'd take them right there, take all their organs out, and, like, they have, like, all their stuff, and then they take it right to the hospital where they need it and stuff. So, that that's pretty impressive, like, how they can do that. Like, they take a step out, like, you don't have to go to the hospital. Like, they just take them there. And, yeah. So... Well, you—they're lucky to have a spokesman like you, mm-hmm. and we'll uh, we'll be talking to you in, a, in the coming months here because yeah. Radiothon is sure. just around the corner, right about the time of your one year anniversary. Yeah, it was a week after twenty-first. That's amazing! I went home. Wow. So yeah, Same. we'll be back in Children's Hospital, which uh, I think is going to be Radiothon this year. Is the last weekend of September, Val? Yes, I believe. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we'll we'll talk to you before then. But mm-hmm. thank you for the review this oh, morning. Eight out of ten for Ant Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. Your ticker's doing great. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't already, it's easy to sign up and become an organ donor today. Do we have the website? Did we remember to do that? Uh, just go on core.org. Core.org. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's that simple. That's uh, Matt Huff, Huffy, our uh, our. Superhero movie reviewer from Children's Hospital and uh, our Radiothon ambassador. Good to see you, buddy. Thank you, man. All right, Mike Pursuit has got your sports coming up when we return on the DV. Celebrate. Since 1947, Bridgeville Appliance has been your best source for new. Oh, yeah, a little ghost in the machine there. Just fired everything all together at once. But Mike Pursuit here, nonetheless. Mike, uh, I want to give a little uh, shout out to 
Bridgeville Appliance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Bell's what Bells. That? That's not the Bridgeville <laughs> Appliance, man. <laughs> I was going to say, what's that? Bong. I don't know. I'm going to hit the seven-second delay five flight. times and pretend none of this happened. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Pursuta here with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. 6-3 Buckos last night over the Washington Nationals. Two in a row. That hadn't happened since mid-June. Pirates uh, got three in the bottom of the first, three more in the bottom of the second for a 6-1 to one lead. And Ivan Nova got uh, through five and two-thirds innings, only gave up two home runs this time. Three less. After the club record five he had surrendered in his previous start in Los Angeles. And uh, the bullpen gives the Pirates three and a third innings of shutout relief. I'm sorry, can you repeat that? The bullpen gave the Pirates three and a third innings of shutout relief. Wow. That's what I thought you said. That doesn't happen every day. Play on ESPN more often. I just had ESPN on and then the game started. They started showing Pittsburgh and I was like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. You know, if you were just tuning in from uh, Topeka, Kansas, and you watched that, you probably thought, how are the Pirates only 42 and 48? What was the attendance last night? It was a beautiful night. The attendance Maybe last a little warm. night was an announced crowd of 14,073. Oh, man. Plenty of good seats still available. Oh, that's a tough one. Presumably for Game 2 against the Nationals tonight. Jeremy Hellickson against Joe Musgrove, who comes off the disabled list for the Pirates. France and Belgium, uh, 2 o'clock this afternoon, semifinal number one in the World Club Cup. Tomorrow it's Croatia and England, 2 o'clock, semifinal number two. France is in the semifinals for the fifth time. The French are 2-2 two and two at this point of the tournament. They won the World Cup in 1998. Belgium is 0-1 uh, and in a semifinal for the second time. Belgium scores a lot of goals. Go Belgium. France defends. Ironically. Well, you wouldn't expect France to attack. Ding. There it ding. is. World War II joke. Before 7.45 a.m. The, uh, you interview- can count on us. The interview with... Somebody tweeted... I wasn't paying much attention to Twitter when I was on vacation. Smart. It was smart. Uh, somebody tweeted after Germany got knocked out, Germany still can't win in Russia. I did see that, and yeah, I, had to make you happy. I had to acknowledge the greatness of that tweet. So when is the final? Sunday. Sunday what time? 11 o'clock, I believe, our time. Uh, I wish it was a, just a little bit later. Well, not enough tailgating time? Well, no, I'd like to justify drinking instead of, <laughs> you know, having to really stretch that justification to pre-noon. Hey, that's brunch. Well, you were just telling me last hour that this afternoon's fine. Yeah, for 2 p.m., sure. 2 p.m. and 11 a.m., two totally different things. Yeah. Three hours that make a world of difference. You know what Alan Jackson says? It's 2 p.m. somewhere. I don't know that. <laughs> but Did he say that? But it was very wise of him. So you should uh, definitely celebrate today. Go to an uh, establishment where, the, you know, go down to Piper's Pub or something like nah, that. Nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it in... Uh... In the climate-controlled comfort oh, of my den. There you go. The big screen. And the problem is now that we all have these TVs that are just so remarkable and these broadcasts. I'll tell you, the production on the World Cup games is phenomenal. They have replays ready to go so quick. I don't know how they do those edits. I don't know how the play stops and they immediately dial it back to where the play began, where the point of interest is, and then run it perfectly to the point uh, of the play resuming on the field without missing anything nearly every single time. 
the replay is perfect. Like a lot of times in you watch NFL broadcasts and you know it takes them a second to get it up there, or sure. maybe it just it runs too long, or you know they hit the 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 squib thing and it goes really really fast at the end. The squib thing. The, is the, there any delay, or is it like straight real time? I mean, I think the production is actual in real time. The full television broadcast may be on a delay of sorts, but the actual in-house production is happening concurrent with the game. Right. It's it's crazy. It's such a good broadcast. And they don't have any of the like crazy announcers or anything like that typically like the Mexican I mean they go they go crazy when they score. Oh my god. Those videos of England fans going nuts on goals. Those, I mean, how much fun is that to watch? They're doing that everywhere, right? Yeah, but there's something. Where about are the they English. drinking? Because it's they're packed into that place. Like it's so crazy that that one beer hall. I'm like, how's anybody getting a beer in here? <laughs> there was one video of these three dudes. He's just like it, their buddy comes back with three beers for them, and he's handing out the beers, and they score, and they look around, and everyone's throwing their beers, and they're just like, eff it. <laughs> they just throw their beers in the air. That dude's like, all right, I'll see you in a half an hour. I'm gonna get back in line with the other four thousand people who just threw their beers. <laughs> That's a big deal. It's a lot of fun. Oh, it's uh, so fun. These last three games should be pretty good. I totally concur. I'm just glad Russia is out of it. You were rooting against the home team. I was rooting against the team that fixes everything, yes. The blood dopers. I was ru- I was rooting against them. They had four of the top r- running guys in the World Cup. No other team had more than one. You don't they, think that's due to their superior no, training No, I techniques. don't. They had four of the top ground coverers. In the entire tournament, yeah, they're just that they get after it. Yeah, they get and after I'll be the blood back doping. To Vladimir Putin, Putin, Icarus. I, I run. What do you think? Take a pause and then uh, come back and uh, examine this uh, Art Rooney Senior legend. Yeah, because yesterday we had Gene Collier on to talk about the origin of the franchise, and it was the day after the Steelers' 85th birthday. It was on that day, this past Sunday, in 1933, that the franchise originated. So Gene told us a story that he knows to be true about Art Rooney's racetrack winnings and whether or not or how much they played a part in his acquisition of the Steelers. It wasn't quite how I had always understood it. But Mike, you said after listening to Gene yesterday, you consulted some other uh, uh, Steeler history books. Yeah, just my personal library. I have a book called The Game, which came out in 1967, which is about the entire NFL, but it has individual chapters on each team. Uh, there was a book that came out in 1979 called The Steelers, The Team of the Decade. Uh, their Life's Work, The Brotherhood of the 1970s Pittsburgh Steelers. That's by Gary Pomerantz. Great one. That, that came out in 2013. Uh, Dan Rooney uh, wrote a memoir, My 75 Years with the Pittsburgh Steelers, in 2007. Another great one. And uh, for my money, uh, one of the great sports books of all time, any subject, uh, any sport you're talking about, about three bricks shy of a load, that was written by Roy Blunt Jr. in 1974. And they all tell Mm. the same kind of story with a different twist. All right, so we'll review, and maybe we'll arrive at some... Approximate truth of of how the Steelers franchise really did get going there. We'll have that for you in a little bit. Plus, getting you ready for this weekend's Deutschland Music Festival. The band The Late Hit performing live for you in the Coffeehouse Studios after 9 o'clock here at DV. 
It's Randy Bauman in the DVE Morning Show. Bill Crawford, Val Porter, Mike Pursuta. Mike's still in the studio right now because we're trying to uh, sort of come to a consensus as to just how the Steelers organization did get started back in 1933 because there are apparently differing uh, uh, opinions on uh, just what that origin story is. Yeah, it's kind of the similar tale, but it's mostly the time element. When did it actually occur? And I guess the reason this uh, legend has grown over the years is because apparently Art Rooney... Senior never liked to talk about it. I don't know if that was because you risk offending the gambling gods if you brag about how much you won. Uh, I don't know if that was a tax thing, uh, an illegality thing. I don't right, know. right, right. He kept his cards pretty close to the vest, no pun intended. But a bunch of people have tried to tell the story over the years. Let's start with uh, what Gene Collier told us yesterday uh, from uh, his amazing play, the chief and uh, how uh, Art Rooney came uh, to accrue the money that uh, some think he used to buy the Steelers. Yeah, what happened there was that happened actually four years after the Steelers got in the league in 1937. The Chiefs' main talent in life was as a handicapper and as a horse player. He was brilliant at it um, and he did it all the time. He would go from track to track and you know bet the horses and in one week in New York, Saratoga, uh, and a couple other uh, New York tracks. I forget the names of them specifically. Uh, was the Saratoga was one of them. Empire City was another one. Um, and in one week, one week run in 1937, uh, he won, I believe, $380,000. And that's kind of the figure that everybody has arrived at. It's just a question of when uh, did he haul that in. Uh, Gene talked about uh, his talents, Art Rooney Sr.'s talents as a horse player. He didn't play cards or roll dice because he considered that gambling. <laughs> this wasn't gambling because he was so good at it. Come on. True story. Well, it's you know been passed down over the years. True legend. Uh, this is from The Game, which was first published in 1963 and reprinted in 1964 and 1967. That was written by Tex Mall, who was uh, big time in his day. He said this occurred in 1932, the year before the Steelers were purchased. Uh, that Art Rooney Sr. Uh, went uh, on a racetrack trip with a boxer named Buck Krause. The Chief turned $300 into 21000 at Empire City. Then he went to Joe Madden's saloon in uh, Manhattan to celebrate. He was convinced not to quit while he was so hot went to Saratoga and bet $2,000 on an 8-to-1 shot named Kelju, Q-U-E-L-J-E-U. That was the first of five straight wins on the way to $256,000 more. And then he wound up buying the Steelers for $2,500 in 1933. Uh, according to Lou Sahadi in the Steelers Team of the Decade, uh, which came out in 1979, it was a Saturday at Empire City and a Monday at Saratoga. Art Rooney won between two hundred and four hundred thousand dollars. Says Sahadi, "quote Nobody really knows how much." Uh, in their life's work, the Brotherhood of the 1970s Pittsburgh Steelers by Gary M. Pomerantz that came out in 2013. He says this occurred in 1937, four <laughs> years after the Steelers had been purchased. Uh, he does mention Buck Krause as the running mate, the uh, the old Pittsburgh boxer. Mm-hmm. Uh, nearly $20,000 won on a Saturday at Empire City. I love the detail here, including a win on Seabiscuit, 
with Red Pollard aboard. See, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> if I you saw he, the movie. Yeah. I thought he won his money on Seabiscuit. And then uh, <laughs> he went to Joe Madden's place, and uh, Pomerantz even has the detail to tell us that Joe Madden's real name was Joe Penzo, but he changed it to an Irish name because he, he was a boxer also, and he wanted to sound tougher. Anyway, they talked him into going to Saratoga. Uh, another 108 $108,600 won there. Uh, they're, they're quoting uh, former New York Giants owner Tim Mara as the source there. And then uh, the following Tuesday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, another $148,180. Uh, estimates uh, also in this account range from 200000 to 380000 And then a month later, another 50000 at Saratoga. <laughs> He was pretty good at playing the ponies. Uh, Dan Rooney, my 75 years with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That came out in 2007. He sums up the story this way, quote, It's been rumored that a big $250,000 payday at Saratoga enabled him to purchase the team. That's nonsense. Dad's legendary day at the racetrack occurred in the summer of 1937. Dan Rooney said that uh, the winnings did help, uh, might have helped, Art Rooney Sr. keep the Steelers afloat in the 30s and 40s, which were pretty lean times. And then there's uh, Roy Blount Jr.'s masterpiece about three bricks shy of a load. That came out in 1974. He says it happened in 1936. Still after the team was purchased, but right. before 1937. Empire City and Saratoga says uh, Roy Blount Jr., quote, it was probably the greatest individual performance in the history of American horse playing. Three hundred thousand to twenty-one thousand, three hundred dollars to twenty-one thousand at Empire City. He also mentions Kelju, uh, two hundred fifty-six thousand at Saratoga, and uh, on he went. Uh, Roy Blunt Jr. also cites three hundred eighty thousand as the uh, perceived top end of the run, and says, "quote It may have been a lot more. You can talk about man of war and our care all you want. The chief for my money." is the biggest figure in horse racing history. History? Wow. Wow. I mean, now, Roy Blunt, gambling. To that point. Roy Blunt Jr. also explains that at this time, bookies took bets on the horses, verbally. And it wasn't the paramutual system you have today where you have to wait until the race actually runs till you know your odds. You got your odds when you got your odds, you know, when you made the bet. Mm-hmm. As opposed to at post time. So, Art Rooney Sr., uh, according to Roy Blunt Jr., liked doing it that way. He didn't like when you had to make a bet at a track and then wait. Well, because he could beat the bookies' uh, projected odds. Yeah. That's why he was so good at it. And uh, according to Roy Blunt Jr., at the time of this run, quote, he owed bookies money. I was told, uh, and the Steelers franchise was in bad shape. The Chief was by no means a rich man. The killing, that's what they called this run, the killing in, in Rooney lore. The killing established the Rooney fortunes. All right, so while it may not have played the direct role in the original purchase of the team. It was sometimes in the 30s, and it was a ton of cash. So making all that money on uh, ponies, at the very least, kept the team afloat. That's right. Seabiscuit with Red Pollard aboard. That wasn't in the movie. Was not. None of them. They should have had the Chiefs celebrating. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nicely done there, Mike. All right, so we've arrived at at least some sort of a uh, 
I went home yesterday consensus. right after the show, and I'm looking through my bookshelves, and I'm pulling them out, scanning through. Fascinating stuff. Valerie, what do you got coming up next? We're going oh. to talk about the things that your coworkers do that annoy you. Late hit performing live for you in the coffeehouse. Also, cut the line with Crawford at Kennywood this Sunday, July 15th. From 2 to 5 p.m., you and a guest will join our own Bill Crawford. And cut the lines for Bumper Car, Swing Shot, Phantom's Revenge, Exterminator, Pittsburgh Plunge, Thunderbolt, The Racer, Jack Rabbit, more. And then after the rides, winners will enjoy a picnic lunch in the pavilion. Uh, Two winners each day. We already took one earlier. Your chance to win coming up this hour on Central 11. It's 71 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Former wrestling coaches at Ohio State University are standing up for Congressman Jim Jordan as he fends off accusations that he ignored allegations of sexual abuse by a former team doctor. The Ohio Republican was an assistant wrestling coach at the university at the time when some former wrestlers say they were abused by that doctor. Former head wrestling coach Russ Hellickson and five assistant coaches say it's absolutely wrong to say Jordan knew about any alleged abuse. They said none of them saw or heard of any wrestler being abused by the doctor, and if they had, they would have spoken up. Jordan has denied the claims against him. People hoping to apply for a passport can do so at the McMurray Passport Fair. The event is being held Saturday at the McMurray Post Office on Washington Road from 7 to 10 a.m. That fair is aimed to help people interested in international travel apply for a passport with Without having to make an appointment but i think if you don't if they don't do the real id license plate right or, or driver's license you're gonna have to have a passport to get in federal buildings to fly domestically so you may want to take advantage of this uh, you know if we're gonna have this passports everywhere thing going on right now it can make them a little easier to carry yeah and yeah you don't like you don't like the size of a pop tart. You don't like that a nice little leather pop tart in your pocket. I like having a little pamphlet with me everywhere I go. I'm just I don't, afraid I don't to mind lose it. it. Oh, I good. Well, you can enjoy that. Yeah. No. I. I, I mean, my phone is so damn big and clunky. Anyways, mm-hmm. I'm just used to it. I'm surprised. Fits perfectly in the fanny pack. You think they'll have driver's licenses and and passports digitally, like on Dude, your phone? Dude, we're all gonna have those. What are they? RAFDs, whatever the hell they're called. Chip. The chips. We're all gonna get chipped. They're already Retina turning scans. us into. Yeah, it's it's the dystopian digital future is already here, Val. Well, back in 2014, Honda had the Guinness World Record for the fastest lawnmower with a machine that clocked in at 130 miles per hour. The record was broken by a Norwegian team in 2015 when they hit 134 miles per hour. So now Honda wants revenge. They've developed a lawn tractor they're calling the Mean Mower V2, which could top out at 150 miles per hour. The engine is a 999cc four-cylinder unit taken from a high-end Honda Fireblade SP motorcycle. It cranks out more than 190 horsepower at 13,000 RPMs. And, of course, it also has the ability to cut grass if you want to do it really fast. It's got carbon fiber blades. Those people are bored. Nobody's cutting their grass at 130 miles an hour. (laughs) That's straight-up dangerous. Unless you got a huge field. You know, unless you have acreage. Right. Like, you can't be buying one of those things in in a residential area. I had a slow-moving Toro that I went around the whole neighborhood cutting yard. Uh, I loved that thing. Did did you ever sharpen the blades? Because, you know, on all the the websites that I go to now, all the dad websites out there for lawn care (laughs) say that you got to sharpen the blade at least once or twice a season. Yeah, Yeah, I never did that. 
Because if you don't do that, you're you're you you're ripping your the grass. roots out. Yeah. I was getting you 10 didn't bucks. Care. Right. <laughs> to do <laughs> that wasn't in the budget. I was getting 10 bucks to do Larry Jones yard in the Subchecks house, you know. Did we, you we have were the, worried about sharpening the blades for those jobs. <laughs> did you have the settings on low low wheels, Depended. high wheels? Depended. You didn't want to get it too low and burn That's it right. out. So. That's right. It depended how how uh recently it had rained before that and all that. You know, a lot of times you have to go back twice if the guy was really meticulous. You do the one like if it was super high, you cut it high, let it sit for a day, come back, and then get it a, cut it a little lower. I started uh, caring about the lawn, and then I realized that this is a terrible thing to care about because because it, it's annoying and it's no. yeah, but you're a homeowner now. Yeah, but it's so. like you have to remember to all the fertilizer and you, the the crabgrass sure. uh, deterrents yes. and the, you know the pre-emergent stuff that you have to put all in of and that stuff. It's too much. It's too much to care about. Now I understand why people were like, get off my lawn. They spent 75 hours that week working on it. Uh, it could be worse. I mean, my house, you know, I've had it for, I have Jimmy Pack's old house. I live in Jimmy Pack's old house. This is a 100% <laughs> true story. But I've been there for, what, 15 years now? Yeah, wow. It has, it, it came with a, an irrigation thing because it has a, like, a ton of plants in the back there. And yeah. in the front, there's a big thing, too. So... I That's didn't beautiful. use it for a long, long time because I was like, ah, whatever. And then people were like, hey, dude, that stuff's all going to die. You really got to, you know, your house is going to look terrible. So uh, those things suck. Oh, it's the irrigation thing? The worst. clogged up? They, they're they a huge pain in the ass and they never work. Yesterday I was like, you know, cleaning out the garage and doing a couple things and I'm just standing there and I'm like looking around like, wow, it's a nice day. And all of a sudden, I'm like, why is that thing on right now? And I call the guy. He's like, that shouldn't be on right now. And I'm like, this is the 15th time I've called you this summer. He's like, and I got a new box and everything. They're like, hey, it's just because it's all a timer, right? Yeah, it just sucks. Scheduled parts of yeah. the day, like early in the morning. Right. Is it on the right time zone? Yeah, I get, I'm thinking <laughs> yeah, that all the recent, like when it rains, it shuts that thing off. You know? The sensors. Say. Right. So it hasn't had to really run. But water. I think all of the power outages and stuff that we've had recently have probably mm -hmm. screwed it up. But I would much rather have like a great big lawn and be able to just mow that constantly instead of like. You can come over to our house. Yeah, Dude, you, you it's don't, therapeutic. You, you don't, don't like mowing the you lawn? You don't really have a lawn. No. You have I have two putting greens. Little, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. I'll come over to your house and mow, Val. Come Let, on over. That's not a bad. But I mean, anytime you want to mow. Do you, have a sit, do you have a sit-down mower that goes 150 miles an hour? No, it does not. I sit down to mow. <laughs> so do I. Oh, dude. Way better to <laughs> sit greatest. down to mow. Oh, yeah. You know what, what would be great? Like a, a mowing Segway. Like if you could... Uh, stand and mow? <laughs> yeah. They probably have. Well, they do have. I see like uh, landscaping guys standing up on those. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Those, those are awesome. Turn. Oh, dude. Those things that are... That thing is too big, though. Yeah, it looks like it's like... I don't know. It looks like something from Star Wars where you could like shoot. It looks like you're yeah. in like a shooter's. Uh, you could turn that thing into a turret. weapon of mass destruction. But sure. I had one, uh, a push mower that had the mulch feature on mm -hmm. it back in the day that had like a, it was like a power mower thing mm -hmm. and it would like take off and had like a drive. It like self propelled. Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, man. It hauled ass and it did, it really did a great you job. You have to trot a little to keep up with it. Not always, but I mean, you definitely, you know, high step it. Yeah, you Quick weren't you it. weren't moving slow, but that, you know, when you mulch it all up like that and you're not bagging, I mean, you know, it's as long as you stay on it, you can do that. 
Right. You can't let it go too long because then there's too much dead grass and then it actually kills the grass. Exactly. It's not doing what you want it to do. Here's this is question. rudimentary grass talk, by the way. This there is. are people out there who deal in grass who are thinking that we're idiots <laughs> as if we've just discovered this stuff. This well, is this is very basic. You know what? We're just we're 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 not pros. This is grass one oh one. We're not pros. Right. And the people that are aren't listening to us because they're all cutting grass right now. God, I used to love the smell of the grass. It does smell good. Yeah, I miss having a lawn to cut. Well, I have one for you. I'll be glad to do it. I'm not even kidding. Dude, that stuff to me, that was therapeutic. That's like walking in the- It's definitely awesome. Like, it's definitely not too much of a pain in the ass, except in this heat. It's been terrible. Mm-hmm. The best thing I could do is on the one mower that we had, where it had like this chute that was a little uh, manipulatable. I could I would run over our, the like uh, calcified dog turds and try to hit my brother across the lawn. What one question that I have for you guys is it cool? Because my dad got me a, a oh, mower ass with no shirt on. No. Oh. That's not cool. Yeah, it, it is cool as long as you uh, are wearing work boots at the same time and you have a Turner's tee hanging off a belt loop. Yeah, and jean shorts. Right. That come way past your knees. Way past. All right, what um, were you going to ask? My dad got me a mower, mm-hmm. and it's a, like a starter mower. It's nice, but I, I kind of want to step it up a little you bit. You want to upgrade. Is, it, is that okay? Or is, How here's, recently here's what you did to he do. buy it for you? Well, he bought it for me like three years ago. I just put it together like a month ago. <laughs> Does he know that? Yes. Oh, well, you're so, in a sticky situation. You have one of two choices. One, break it. Yeah, oh. run over some rocks. Well, he's probably listening, so that's not going to... Well, break it. Tell me the other one off air. <laughs> uh, the other one is even better, and it's off air. I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah. All right. Uh, what would you say is the most annoying thing your coworkers do? Talk about their lawnmower. Ask about mowers. <laughs> if you said gossip, you would be in the majority, according to a survey by payroll <laughs> Let's talk company. Talk about other people's mowers. Paychecks. These are the behaviors people find most annoying about coworkers. Almost sixty-four percent said gossip. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like uh, around around here, the everybody's on the same gossip. Anyways, there's not like I actually kind of like it. Yeah, <laughs> I look forward to. I it. love talking uh, about other people. I do yeah. not mind the gossip. Uh, no, when Bill has gossip, it's like he 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 really is. He's ear to ear, smiling like, oh, oh I have got forgot to tell you this. for you. <laughs> oh, this one is good. I got a juicy one. Dropping by your desk constantly through the day. Um, well, that kind of doesn't apply to yeah, us, but... I feel like you hate that. Well, I'm not here very long, No, the reason so... you think that is because her office door is almost always 45 degrees shut, and the lights are always <laughs> off, and, and she uses a degrees. desk lamp, and there's a heat thing going on there no matter what it time does, of year it was scare people away it and doesn't people scream, like come on in and talk no it's <laughs> like she may be doing an autopsy in there <laughs> now this i don't agree with at all bringing your pets to work everybody loves that That seems delightful unless That's, you have a stupid pet unless you like, like a hedgehog like a lizard or Here's something a parrot hedgehogs are cute though yeah i'm talking like reptile oh yeah here's my iguana Dave, I get that out of here Monitor lizard. <laughs> Breathing heavily and loudly. Well, I guess that, that's like sighing. <sighs> <sighs> I've been sighing a lot. <laughs> Drinking and sighing. <laughs> Almost 50% said taking frequent smoke breaks is super <laughs> annoying. 
there's there's a couple people here that <laughs> are firing down on company time sure. every chance they get. Oh, I can I, I know when they've recently been in the elevator. Me yep. too. <laughs> Bringing in strong smelling food for lunch daily. Foul stinky is. beef. That's <laughs> number one. By the way, you're not the only one. Somebody else was cooking something that just cranked the other day. I was like, oh, what is that? Fish? <laughs> yeah. See, I don't bring fish anymore. Yeah, you can't. You, got, you yelled Oof. at me too much. Yeah, because you, yeah, you just now. can't cook fish in a in a common What about area? a fish dish? Elaborate. What is it? What like mean? yesterday I had lobster mac and cheese left over from, I, I went out. I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah. You were in the kitchen when I was heating it up. That's so. why I said I'll he, allow it. He allowed it. <laughs> I was there and I smelled it and it wasn't that bad. Uh, laughing or conversing loudly? No, I mean, this whole place Ooh, is... Everybody hates everybody's me. Everybody's loud here. Yeah. Tapping but, your feet or your fingers repeatedly? See, that's more. This is more like cubicle office type stuff. Yeah, we don't... Yeah, we don't these don't all apply to us, right. but other people, th- these are probably resonating more uh, easily. Using social media for personal use the majority of the workday. Occasionally, I guess people don't mind, but excessive use is Well, it wouldn't bother people. me if you just shut up. If your iguana was crawling all over you and you were taking <laughs> pictures of your fish that you just cooked. <laughs> taking frequent snack breaks. Who does that? If yeah, you're in a, a you thing, sit at your it? desk and eat. And uh, receiving audible notifications on your cell phone. I don't think anybody minds the snack break, just so long as it's not accompanied by a soundtrack of... Whoa. Yeah, if you're if you're uh, moaning, commentating through it, somebody left Mm. half a donut in the garbage. (laughs) (laughs) My parents both have their like ringtones, text alerts, email alerts at full blast Uh, at all times. Yeah, my all parents do. Builds, 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 build, builds, builds, builds. I'm like, what is that? Oh, I got a text message. What phone is that? Builds, 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 builds. Hmm? Yeah, I've never heard that before. I'll play it for you off here. <laughs> okay. I, I probably didn't do a great is job. Is it an Android or something? No. Uh-uh. That's an iPhone? iPhone? Uh-huh. Oh, boy. Might be exclusive. I don't know. Maybe they bought Could it. Could be. Well, this is uh, kind of a cool thing. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Museum is unveiling a new exhibit tomorrow. Part of the machine, rock and pinball, is described as an interactive exhibit that showcases rock-themed playable pinball machines and combines them with merchandise and artifacts to explore the artistic portrayal of artists and bands. Once banned as a form of gambling, pinball made a comeback in the late 60s, thanks in large part to the Who's Pinball Wizard. The exhibit includes the classic Wizard and Tommy pinball machines, along with the acoustic guitar Pete Townsend used to compose Pinball Wizard and several several other songs from Tommy. Uh, The display also includes Alice Cooper's new Nightmare Castle pinball machine, along with a bunch of his stage props, including nooses, guillotines, and an electric guitar, and machines and memorabilia from Elton John, The Beatles, The Rolling Stones, Kiss, Elvis, ACDC, Metallica, and Guns N' Roses are included. The exhibit runs through next spring. For the first few days, museum visitors can enjoy free pinball play. So that opens tomorrow.
Gene Simmons is settling a sexual battery lawsuit with a female radio and TV broadcaster. The rock star and the plaintiff, identified as Jane Doe, announced last week the case had been settled through the, uh, or though the terms of the settlement are unknown. Simmons was sued back in December for allegedly groping the plaintiff and making unwanted sexual advances during a November interview in Highland, California. The plaintiff was also identified as a veteran air personality for a rock station there. Def Leppard guitarist Phil Collin explaining his absence from early shows on the band's co-headlining tour with Journey. In a recent interview, he revealed that he was forced to leave the tour due to complications his wife endured while giving birth to their son. He left the tour after the band's May 23rd show in Albany and said his wife actually died and doctors brought her back to life. Jeez. The band recruited trickster guitarist Steve Brown to fill in while Collin was away. Finally, comic book legend Stan Lee dropping his $1 billion lawsuit against POW Entertainment. In the lawsuit, Lee accused POW and its officers of trying to steal his identity, name, and likeness in what he called a nefarious scheme. Today, uh, he called the situation confusing for everyone and is thrilled to put the lawsuit behind him. POW CEO also said he and his company are looking forward to working with Lee again on new projects. Warm and humid, some showers or thunderstorms possible today. Temperatures in the mid-80s. It's 71 at DVE. All right. Uh, we're going to take caller number 45 right now, 333-WDVE. Your chance to win a cut the line with Crawford at Kennywood Experience this Sunday, July 15th from 2 to 5 at Kennywood. You and a guest join our own Bill Crawford. And you cut the lines for Swing Shot, Phantoms, Revenge, Exterminator, Pittsburgh Plunge, Thunderbolt, Racer, Jackrabbit, and more. After the ride, you get a picnic lunch in the pavilion. That's right. How about that? That's awesome. Cut the line with Crawford at Kennywood, picnic lunch in the pavilion. On Sunday, we ain't cutting grass. We're cutting the line. There you go. Caller number 45. That's what I said, right? 333-WDVE. All right, and uh, we'll say goodbye to our friend uh, Matt Huff, who's uh, hanging out with us this morning. Huffy. Huffy. Uh, speaking of uh, Stan Lee, our, our uh, superhero movie reviewer, Matt Huff, hanging out with us. And then uh, what's the next one in September? Uh, October. Oct- Boy, that's a long way from now. Yeah. That's going to be huge at the box office, right? Uh, um, I hope. What's it's, the what's the movie with Brie Larson? When's that coming out? Uh, Captain Marvel. That comes out in March. That's going to be awesome, too. Mm. God, that's a long way off. Okay, so you gave Ant-Man and the Wasp 8 out of 10. Mm. All right, yeah. so there's your latest uh, review. And don't forget, Huffy, of course, a heart transplant recipient from our friends at Children's Hospital. He'll be a part of our Radiothon broadcast coming up in September. And uh, if you are not already signed up to be an organ donor, it's very simple. Core.org. Yes, go do it now. It'll save up to, You can save up to eight lives. So. How about that? Oh, that's fantastic. Core.org. Do it now, and Huffy is living proof of what you can do for somebody else. Yes. Right on. All right, you're feeling good? Everything's all right? Uh-huh. All yeah. right, buddy. Safe travels. All right, thank good you, Good to see you. Okay. Sports coming up next. Mike Pursuta joining us. The Buccos get another one last night. If they win six more in a row, does that mean Neil Huntington thinks that it's time to look at the future again? This no. Is- <laughs> Happy Tuesday, everybody. Difference. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. What's up, Mike? Sports are brought to you by Sport Clips. Uh, the Pirates jumped to a 6-1 to lead on the Washington Nationals through two innings last night at PNC Park, but Washington uh, kept scrapping back. It was 6-3 to in the ninth, and closer Felipe Vasquez made it uh, a little interesting. Daniel Murphy of Washington led off with a single. Then after Michael Taylor struck out, Matt Weider singled. And all of a sudden, uh, pinch hitter Mark Reynolds came to the plate as the tying run 
First and second, one out. That's the same Mark Reynolds who had two home runs and 10 RBI on Saturday night. But uh, Vasquez able to induce a 6-4-3 double play to close things out. Uh, He gets save number 19. And the Pirates get a 6-3 victory. They're 42-48. Vasquez uh, hitting 100 miles an hour and uh, throwing for the most part in the high 90s. Completed his 11th uh, consecutive scoreless appearance. He has been uh, touched for a run once in his last 15 outings. So it's not always clean, but lately he's been pretty effective. He's your all-star. He is your all-star. Pirates will take another shot at the Nats tonight. Joe Musgrove comes off the disabled list for the Buccos. He's 3-3 with a 3.79 ERA in seven starts this season. Jeremy Hellickson uh, takes the mound for Washington, 2-1, 3.81. The Bucs improve to 42-48. and And they're 2-0 and since the Neil Huntington declaration that 4-4 four and four this week ain't going to cut it. It's reverse Major League. Well, if they keep winning, it's not going to change anything. I don't think it would. No. They're already he already, he basically well, said we're selling off. Would they have the cojones? Let's say they I, I'm just throwing this out there for the sake of discussion. Okay. Let's say they take two or three from Washington and four or five from Milwaukee. It's two that's two pretty good ball clubs. That's a nightmare scenario for the Pirates who have already decided that they're going to be selling off uh, the assets here. And well, Mike is asking, do they still sell? No, they, yes, they do because yes. it's a nightmare scenario for them. <laughs> right. Is what I'm saying. They're already their minds are made up there. It's kind of worth rooting for, isn't it? Yeah. I said reverse major league. It's really just major league. Yeah. But just to have one really good week here. Just, it just, would, just to see what they would the do. The heat would be on nutting <laughs> oh my so much Can more. And, and they, he's still going to do it. Then they trade Cervelli the day before the All-Star game. Oh, or, yeah. I don't know if they suspend trades during All-Star week. Or, uh, you can't trade me. Hey, if you... <laughs> Come on! Still the best. How can you get rid of me? Everybody loves me. A happy Tuesday. Francisco Cervelli's not going to the All-Star game. Uh, Yadier Molina of St. Louis has been named as a replacement for catcher Buster Posey of the Giants, who's going to miss the game because of a lingering right hip issue. I was a snubbed. <laughs> I got a snub. <laughs> World Cup semifinal number one today at 2 o'clock. France against Belgium. Tomorrow it'll be Croatia against England. The two winners will meet on Sunday for the World Cup. Belgium has uh, a tournament leading 14 goals through five matches. And Belgium has gotten the attention of French goalkeeper Hugo Loris, who said of Belgium, quote, quite simply, I think Belgium is the most complete side in the tournament. They defend well. They know how to attack well. They know how to counterattack. They're good in the air and on the ground. France uh, has three shutouts in five games in World Cup play. I like that Belgium team. I'm rooting for them today. And uh, last but not least this hour, our Cleveland Browns story of the day. Uh, Hugh Jackson apparently leaving no stone unturned in his effort to do better than the 1-31 and record that the Browns have posted (laughs) over the last two seasons. Uh, The Browns brought Uh, in uh, former UFC light heavyweight champion Chuck Liddell. No, the Iceman. To talk to the boys. 
Uh, Liddell talked to Cleveland players about body contact and hand fighting during a stop at the Browns training facility last month. He stressed having the competitive mindset of a champion, said Liddell, quote, if they take one lesson out of this, they need to break the guy in front of them. If they keep that in mind the whole game, it's going to change. Look, guys, they're beating us on the scoreboard, but we're going to kick their ass in the parking lot. I will break you. Hugh Jackson uh, willing to try anything and everything, apparently. Quote, I wanted to do something different for our players. I wanted them to experience something different. Does he mean something different other than losing every game? (laughs) Uh, I wanted to – it's a different type of sport, but there are some common traits in both sports, and I think it's always important to be looking for something different to improve your football team. They should bring in Tom Brady just to give a speech, you know, about winning. Winning games. They should bring in Tom Brady to play quarterback. Well, they wouldn't do a stupid thing like that. Chuck Liddell. He wouldn't do a stupid thing like that. I think there's actually a little validity to that because hand fighting is such a big deal in the line play. Right. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's fun to make fun of the Browns, but, uh, you know, in the spring. Why the hell not in the spring? Teams bring in all kinds of crazy people throughout the year. It's just... The Browns are so abysmally bad that anything they do is going to have a different scrutiny. Yeah. And yes, but those guys probably all know Liddell, and they probably enjoyed listening to him. Oh, I'm sure, for sure. But from the fan perspective, it's oh yeah, that'll help. Yeah. Yep. No, that was that was what was wrong. You didn't have enough UFC yeah. guys coming <laughs> in. Good. Yeah. Bring in Randy Couture next year right. too. Can't win for losing. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying, Mike. <laughs> That's your DV. We got Val. We're going to talk about uh, Americans' guilty pleasures coming up. Making fun of the Browns. Maybe this is my guilty pleasure. Maybe this reminds me of being in eighth grade and <laughs> eighth grade dance, looking up at a graveyard or something. You know, I'm a Your parachute pants getting all tight. But my oh yeah, when you introduce the synthesizer to the rock band like that. You really risk turning some people off. When you, when the guitar player knows a few chords on the piano and writes jump and decides, <laughs> I'm a keyboard player now. Or when Tommy Lee is like, hey, I learned five chords on the piano. We're doing this. And then it becomes a big hit. Well, then, little internal struggle. Hey, maybe we should start using more keyboards in our sound. You know, just like we talked about Back in the Too Fast for Love days, how badly we wish we could get big enough to put synthesizers on all of our stuff. <laughs> it's a very tricky situation for the band there. Identity crisis, Val. Yeah. Sometimes you change with the times. Iron Maiden Synth- didn't, didn't Iron Maiden well. didn't put any synthesizers in their stuff. They just kept being Maiden. I don't know what to tell you. Here's the other thing I hate about it. They shame the synthesizer guy, the keyboard player. You go to see Ozzy. Oh, where, he's hiding behind that the... guy? He's under the stage. They want they don't want anybody to see him. Ozzy for sure forgets the guys in the band. There's no <laughs> way he even remembers he has a keyboard player present. What are you doing back here? You need a, credentials to be back here. Is that guy, the package man. <laughs> Ozzy, I'm your synth. Man. No, he's in charge of fifty percent of the sound production on the stage. <laughs> is there something? Yeah, I saw him one time, and the, his keyboard player was 
down behind the monitor guy on the side of the stage. I was like, ah. Oh. And my favorite part of it, he was all dressed up like he was going to be front oh, and center. No. Like, dude, uh, you can just wear a flannel. Like, yeah. nobody's going to. Yeah. Shouldn't have wore this tux. Yeah. You just, you look like a roadie, dude. Just embrace it. Have a good time. Who cares? Not putting on mascara take, to go take, stand <laughs> next to the monitor guy. Take that paycheck. Yeah, well, he didn't care. The keyboard player didn't care about that. But he had sleeveless things. Again, it's as if, like, he's like, you never know. Ozzy might call me up on stage. Was he ever on camera, like on a Jumbotron kind of thing? No. No, no, he was literally next to the guy doing monitors. When I saw that was Ozzy. I don't know how Motley Crue did it when they used keys. They probably just had Tommy flop down. (laughs) well if he could flop down and play the keys while playing the drums that thing's more impressive than i already thought it was it is the dve morning show deutschtown music festival this weekend july 13th and 14th on the north side it's a free two-day indoor outdoor music festival 370 bands that's not enough I want him, I want more. <laughs> 13 outdoor stages. Come on, there's got to be 500 bands here in Pittsburgh. There will also be arts and crafts from over 60 vendors in the artist market and 34 food trucks. So it's going to be a really fun festival. If you be haven't awesome. been yet, Deutschtown Music Festival is a great time. And maybe oh, so uh, fun. for some people, you discover the north side. Right. For me, rediscover the north side. Sure. I had been over there once as a kid mm-hmm. for summer school. Right. CCAC. And? Uh, hadn't been back because it was, you know, the 90s mm-hmm. and it was kind of scary in the, in the north side. It's not anymore. Nope. Had a great time. It's a little scary, but it's not that scary. It's, you should go. It's this still, weekend it won't yeah. be at all. No. Right. Great um, time. No. Kids, I, kids enjoyed the park. There's fun stuff for the kids to do. They had that one of those huge blow up like soccer balls that kids could push around and they were just, they had a blast. There was a bouncy house. Yeah, aside collapsed, and I had to rescue the kids out of. But you know, aside from that, aside from that, <laughs> it's a great time. They have that stage, the skyline stage, set up now in uh, the park right across from the Elks. It's really cool, and you can sit and watch bands. And the whole skyline is behind mm-hmm. the stage. It's oh, beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, I spend, you know, aside from my home, the north side is where I spend the most time in the city. It is my favorite neighborhood. Uh, if you haven't been down to discover all that Deutschtown is, this is a great chance to do it. We're going to be featuring bands the rest of the week. The late hit will be on coming up after 9 o'clock, and uh, we're excited for that. Yeah, looking forward to hearing them. Yeah. Uh, and Val's going to be having some news and stuff. Yeah, we're going to talk about the guilty pleasures that we love the most. So many guilty pleasures. So many. Too many to count. But I feel bad when people say like certain bands are guilty pleasures, you know? All 340 like, bands you shouldn't feel that are playing this weekend are my <laughs> yeah, guilty why, pleasures. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm saying you shouldn't feel like they're guilty pleasures. No. It shouldn't be guilt. You should just enjoy the... Well, right. what about like certain stick songs? Or like, the Bay City Rollers. <laughs> like, I rewatched Sticks Behind the Music with my brother. The other night, <laughs> it's worth rewatching. It's just the end of it. They the the one that's on YouTube is a re-edit of the original one. And yeah, they, they cut they, off the end. They put on a whole bunch about like current sticks, and they took out a whole bunch of, with Dennis DeYoung and his wife, <laughs> which was really the best part of the original behind the music. 
uh, a lot of tears that were shed are no longer in that behind the music but it's it's worth going to uh youtube and checking that out so yeah okay i'll allow that that might be a guilty pleasure but like what if mr roboto was like your jam like you absolutely loved that song or come sail away or any of the songs that dennis DeYoung wrote <laughs> Again, it's Dennis DeYoung's band. They all didn't want to be in it. They got huge, and they figured, why don't we just drag this huge audience we have into our cool new music that we'll make without Dennis, but they always want to hear the Dennis songs. Dennis made them huge. It's Dennis's band, like it or not. And they kicked him out three times. <laughs> <laughs> Said it's my way or the highway, and uh, we chose the highway. Oh, it's so funny to me. Uh, okay, so lots of local music this weekend, and while we're, uh, I think so- the weather's supposed. To, I think it's supposed to get real hot again. I'm pumped for Friday night, dude. You better be on your uh, your A game. Oh yeah, I'm sitting in South with uh, Sun King Warriors uh, at South Park. They're going to be performing with the Hawkeyes, a show that uh, Sun King Warriors are dedicating to the memory of our friend Mike Steele. DVE's own Mike Steele. That'll be Friday at South Park. He was a big fan of the Sun King Warriors and the Hawkeyes. Uh, so that's going to be a great show. And then you got all weekend with uh, Deutschtown. So tons of local music. Definitely making my way over there as well. And while we're s- celebrating local music a little bit, let's uh, let's go to a little meeting of important people. Yes. DVE. All alone in the company, John. All alone, but all alone, but I won't be for long. On a long way, on a long way, she's about to touch down. I know every, I know every street in this town, every street in this town. If she's hiding, she'll be coming up soon. It's been a long way, been a long way since I made up my. favorite pittsburgh songs right there yeah i know every street in this town about your uncle that knows every street in pittsburgh my uncle not your uncle everybody's uncle the collective we the royal we as they say Mm -hmm. val's got news next we're we're talking about those um guilty pleasures oh okay sorry yeah we mentioned that before (laughs) 
But are we going to talk about the uh, the guilty pleasure? The late hit coming up in the coffee house uh, in just a little bit, and uh, we've given away both of our cut the line with Crawford chances uh, for this Sunday. But tomorrow, two more opportunities to win a day at Kennywood, cutting the line with Crawford this Sunday, July fifteenth. So be a blast. Keep your ears peeled for that. All right, quick break. We'll be right back. The late hit performing for you coming up. Berg. Here's this is question. rudimentary grass talk, by the way. This there is. are people out there who deal in grass who are thinking that we're idiots as if we've just discovered this stuff. This, well, is, this is very basic. You know what? We're just, we're, we're, we're not pros. This is grass 101. We're not pros. Right. And the people that are aren't listening to us because they're all cutting grass right now. God, I used to love the smell of the grass. It does smell good. Yeah, I miss brain. having a lawn to cut. Well, I have one for you. I'll be glad to do it. I'm not even kidding, dude. I that stuff to me that was therapeutic. That's sure. like no, walking it's, in it's the. It's definitely awesome. Like it's definitely not too much of a pain in the ass, except in this heat. It's been terrible. Mm-hmm. The best thing I could do is on the one mower that we had, where it had like this chute that was a little uh, manipulable. I could I would run over our, the like uh, calcified dog turds and try to hit <laughs> my brother across the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. I mean, it's just fun with mowers, folks. That's all it was. Just a little mower talk. I could probably mow my entire lawn with a weed whacker right now. <laughs> There's no question. I come there. from lawns. <laughs> I come from a long line of lawns. There's a lot of lawns in my a family. Lawn, and I've disrupted the chain. Uh, what do you got going on, Val? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Center 11. It's 73 degrees now at DBE. I'm Val Porter. All the boys and their youth soccer coach out of that flooded cave in Thailand. Nice. Uh, so that uh, the majority of them brought out today. Rescuers uh, did bring out the last four boys in the soccer coach this morning. The 12 boys who got trapped by rising water two weeks ago are now being treated at hospitals in that area. Donald Trump owes his one-time personal chauffeur a huge amount of money, according to a lawsuit filed Monday in New York. Noel Sintron claims that Trump, then a private citizen, refused to give him overtime pay for more than two decades. But because of the statute of limitations, he can only sue for the past six years or for the last six years of his time serving uh, Mr. Trump. Sintron is looking for about three hundred fifty grand for 3,300 hours of overtime racked up in that time period. Suit says Trump's further callousness is further demonstrated by the fact that while he is purportedly a billionaire, he has not given his personal driver a meaningful raise in over 12 years. That doesn't sound like him. Not at all. No, uh, he would have hired an illegal to drive him. The Trump Organization lawyers have had no public comment on this particular lawsuit. A restaurant known for its conservative Christian values is once again the country's highest rated fast food chain, Chick-fil-A, scoring an 87 on the American Customer Satisfaction Index. The ACSI surveyed more than 22,500 customers rating restaurants on a 100-point scale. This is the third year in a row Chick-fil-A topped the list. It's just so good. And they are celebrating Cow Appreciation Day today. So if you dress up like a cow, you get free food at (laughs) Chick-fil-A. But if you dress up like a gay person trying to get married, probably won't have as much luck. You get any entree on the menu or waffle fries. If you don't have a cow outfit... Uh, if you just wear something with cows on it, you get a free entree. What about two guys wearing a cow outfit? Front and back? Yeah. 
Like like those old horse costumes? Yeah. Probably not going to get that. No. No. According to a new survey by Voodoo.com, 84% of Americans admit to having at least one guilty pleasure they indulge in from time to time. The average person indulges in their guilty pleasure five times a week. I think it's a habit then, not... Yeah. Or just something you do. It's not really a guilty pleasure. At You've that time. lost it, a lot of the shame. Right. You just <laughs> do it all the time. Uh, run down to the top 10, ordering takeout. That's guilty? What's guilty about that? I don't know. Well, it feels like um, you're wasting money. Maybe. Doing it five S- times a some week. Of these, are, these are really ridiculous things on this list, by the way. Most Fa- are. Falling asleep watching television. How's that a guilty pleasure? What, it depends on what's know. on TV. I mean, if, <laughs> Porn. if a girl's marathon is on one at home alone. Sneaking uh, an extra scoop of ice cream. I mean... That's just Guilty. awesome. Yeah. Guilty as charged. Putting off a task. Is that a pleasure or is that just like you trying to get out of work? It seems like somebody who doesn't understand what a guilty pleasure is. <laughs> that could be. Singing out loud in the car. Okay. Oh, who doesn't do that? Now we're getting closer. Staying in your jammies all day? In That's... your jammies. What are you, four? <laughs> That's a sign of depression, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the only time that happens is when you're sick. Yeah. And unemployed. Not a guilty pleasure. McDonald's? I heard they changed their burger up. Yeah, to what? It's like, it looks more like a Five Guys. Oh. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't eaten there in a while. I mean, their nuggets, so good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the fries. Wait a minute. Were you talking about McDonald's, right? Yeah. I just couldn't get the phrase nuggets out of my... Nuggets. Is that your guilty pleasure? The nuggets. nuggets. Oh, just dipping a bunch of nuggets. Yeah. Binging a whole TV show in one day. Oh, yeah. Mm. I've never done that. I've definitely done that. All never? in a day? No. I found a new television show last night that I feel, I've only watched one episode, but I feel like it has a true detective kind of feel. It's The Sinner with Jessica Biel. I yeah I don't know where that is, is that Netflix know. yeah it's on Netflix right now I, I don't know yeah Joe and I were talking about it this morning I think it originally aired on USA yeah I I think I have one that I'm about to fall into binge what the staircase oh yeah I started to watch it or late the one stairwell night or whatever I, it is. yeah I think it's the staircase I it's st- another I like, almost started it Sunday night murder yeah. mystery who done it a friend of ours watched it and said it's great so. Yeah. I could tell. I just, you know how if you stay on something, it starts to show you like a little trailer, mm-hmm. and it stayed on the thumbnail for a second, and it just started showing me some of the footage, and I was like, ah, I'm starting to get those feelings, <laughs> those making a murderer feelings. Yeah. Those evil genius feelings, I got to get it. Still listening. By the way, I, the evil genius, I told you guys I went for a ride down the evil genius <laughs> crackhead yeah. road the other day. And uh, our girl got arrested, you Jessica said. Hoopsick got arrested last week in Erie for prostitution. Yeah, you can't be a high-profile prostitute. Well, you know, I look illegal. at it differently. I look at it like she's the Tom Brady of crack what? hooker. You know, she just she probably should be retired right now, but she's operating at a high level. So why yeah. why not continue why not give, to do uh, yeah. yeah, why give it up? She's on a special diet, like Tom Brady. <laughs> 
No nightshade vegetables. Yeah. Nothing but crack. <laughs> and Mama Mia. Yeah. Pizza. Only nightshade vegetables. Let me tell you something. Mama Mia's pizza is great pizza, and I feel bad. Because they don't deliver anymore. They, they do. Can. They still deliver. Absolutely. It's delicious. Do you think they had that debate after? If it isn't right there in 30 the... minutes, call the cops. <laughs> <laughs> but there are so many beautiful parts of Erie. I spent most of the time around Presque Isle, you know. Oh, and I bet I haven't been there but in 30 years. No, I can't. Dude, it is so... No, I mean, it's the best. I haven't been there in 30 years. It's the years. greatest <laughs> thing that rich Wait people haven't come and ruined by developing. It's still a state park. Well, part of the water... You know? Part of the bayfront, though, is... Down by yeah, hand no, I want all? rich people to develop that. I want that to be developed because it's so pretty and it was like all abandoned coke plants and stuff like that and water treatment plants. They totally screwed up the waterfront up there uh, along the bayfront. But Presque Isle, that is still pristine state we always park, game land. It's so beautiful. Stopped at the Perry Monument. Oh, yeah. Every time we went up there. Yep. I'm Joe, not sure Joe why. Perry. It's right about the eight mile point on a bike ride. Are you telling me you've never been to Erie? No. Not not um to Presque on Isle. like a vacation type thing, no. I did a couple weekends there. I did juniors Comedy. and it was like January third. Oh yeah. yeah. Not a good <laughs> it was absolutely freezing. Yeah, that's not a good time to go to Erie. I found that out. <laughs> Summertime, beautiful. Just incredible. Yeah, I'd like to go. I'm still waiting go to for Mama you Mia's, to invite me up. Go see Jessica Hoopsick's usually fishing for carp off the dock. You can go talk to her. <laughs> and then we can uh, mow your grass together. Yeah, then we'll mow yeah. my, my dad's grass. Was it your dad? Yeah. Uh, Did you have other... a big big yard, big area huge, there? That, yeah, Huge. Some other guilty pleasures. Uh, still listening to the music you listened to as a kid. Oh, my God. Well, that's So if yeah. you just put on DVE then? Yeah. <laughs> Eating an entire bag of chips in one sitting. I don't do that. Bill does. I do. I can't eat a whole bag. Once I pop, I can't stop. Except I take it way beyond Pringles. Here's a new one. Here's one you do. I know. Eating in bed. All the time. God, I almost I every meal. Never do that. Me either. You guys are missing out. Not showering. No, I, I, I used to 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 not shower. I then I met a girl, and you know it's different. <laughs> I'm I'm twice a day shower at least. Well, you go to the gym. Yeah, yeah. when I wake up, and then after the gym. Yeah, drinking, I got to do the cold showers. Drinking juice or milk right from the carton. Oh yeah, one of the pleasures of living alone. <laughs> <laughs> Crushing some two percent. <laughs> and calling in sick when you're not sick. Is that a guilty pleasure? And it's just I just will feel way, way too guilty. Yeah. We, everybody here airs on the side of working when they shouldn't. Yeah. I just I can't I, I couldn't enjoy myself. I couldn't no. be like, I got the day off. I'd be like, oh, I'm a loser. <sighs> well, because that's if you're really gonna go with that lie, that's a lie that you gotta start the day before. You gotta make sure somebody sees you sniffling. <laughs> well, you could always use the food poisoning. That's like a 24-hour. I have diarrhea. Okay. Yeah. See you Thursday. <laughs> Sorry uh, for texting you that, by the way. Uh, well, I'm yeah. fine. It was better than the call from the toilet.
Uh, crew members suing Johnny Depp for allegedly punching him while they were filming a movie in downtown L.A. Dude is spiraling. Seems that way. A lawsuit recently filed for the incident that happened last April and is uh, this guy seeking unspecified damages. TMZ said Depp punched the location manager twice in the ribs after he told him to wrap uh. up a scene, then offered the guy a hundred grand to punch him back in the face. The lawsuit claims Depp's breath reeked of alcohol and he continued a screaming rant until he was uh, removed by bodyguards. The two were shooting City of Lies, which is the story about Biggie Small's murder. Depp plays the LAPD officer investigating the case. And George Clooney is recovering after a car knocked him off his motorcycle. NBC News reports Clooney was treated at a hospital on the Italian island of Sardinia and released on Tuesday. Uh, Early today, Italian media reporting the 57-year-old actor's injuries. Not serious. He is filming the TV drama Catch-22 on Sardinia. Local reports say Clooney was on the way to the set when a car hit his motorcycle. Is that where sardines come from? Sardinia? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, not all sardines come from Sardinia, but is that where the where the fish name came from? Or did the name of the is, town come from? Is that what they call the people who live there? <laughs> yeah, sardines. sardines. <laughs> Finally, no, those are, they're Sardinians. A uh, child, no idea. childhood home in New Jersey where Bruce Springsteen lived for seven years is now the property of a new owner. According to a local paper, the two-family home at 39 Institute Street in Freehold was recently sold for $255,000. Springsteen's lived on the left side of the house from 1955 to 1962. Springsteen wrote in his autobiography that he recalled being seven years old in that house when he saw Elvis on The Ed Sullivan Show in 1956. Uh, forecast today, uh, warm, humid, shower, thunderstorm in some spots, mid-80s sixties, uh, mid rather for the high. It is 72 at DV. We told you about the uh, crazy lineup at the Deutschtown Music Festival this weekend. It's July 13th and 14th, two days on Pittsburgh's north side, and it's all free. Two days of indoor-outdoor music festival happening with 370 bands, 13 outdoor stages, arts and crafts from over 60 vendors. This is a huge festival, 34 food trucks, anything you could possibly want. Uh, more info available at DeutschtownMusicFestival.com. You'll eventually spell Deutschtown correct. Uh, <laughs> joining us right now is uh, one of the bands featured performing at Deutschtown Music Festival this weekend, The Late Hit, which is made up of Shane McLaughlin, Kevin Lynch, Max Somerville, Aiden Epstein, Sierra Sellers, and Chloe Wise. How you guys doing? We're doing great. How are you doing? All right. Anybody getting on the mic or no? <laughs> I, I can yell. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, hello. Hi. Hi. Is anybody say uh, is there any singing going on today? Yeah. Okay, all right. There's plenty of it. Who's this? Sierra? This is Sierra Sellers. Hi, Sierra. Hi. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh God, you uh, hear it all the time. Um all right. Sierra, your band is uh you got some major players here. Well, it's actually not my band. I'm just featuring today. I'm gonna hand the mic over to my friend Shane. Oh, you guys get it together. For crying out loud. Shane, what's going on? Hello there. Good Shane, morning. what's the deal with the late hit? Tell us about you. The Late Hit is a uh, open mic and jam session that goes down every Sunday night, late night, at the Squirrel Hill Sports Bar. And uh, we are lucky enough to uh, back up and play with some amazing artists, including Sierra Sellers and Chloe Wise, as well as many others. So you guys are basically the house band at uh, Squirrel Hill Sports Pub, uh, Sports Bar, rather. It's uh, not and- a pub. Yeah. Right. No. I. Oh, yeah. It's great. Do the. Do you take the uh, uh, pool table off the stage, or do you leave it on the stage when you play? 
That is an excellent question. We actually leave it on the stage. Sure, you have to, right? Who wants to move the pool table back onto the stage? Yeah, it's a huge pain. Right. Um, and we put we put stuff on top of it, like our mixer. And okay, like cool. Sometimes well, our bass player stands on top of it. There you go. You make useful space out of it. So this is illustrative of the great talent that you guys get there this weekend, or, or uh, uh, every Sunday night. But this weekend at Deutschtown, where will you be performing? We will be playing at the... Allegheny Health Highmark Stage. <laughs> a park stage. The park stage. In the park. It felt like you were so making up times. a name for a stage. It's the uh, 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock p.m. in the park. Which day? <laughs> Saturday, Deutschtown Music Festival, late hit band. Is anybody from the Deutschtown Music Festival there right now? Yes, maybe I should give the mic to one of them. Give the mic to one of those guys. Hello, Randy. This is Hugh. Hugh. What's up? Hugh, when are these guys playing? They're playing 7 p.m. Saturday at the Highmark AHN Park stage. Where, so that's, is that a, the, that's a hard name to say. Is that the one with the sky view? With the, uh... No, that's the Skyline stage. It's on the other end of the park, Allegheny Commons Park. Okay. All right. So I know exactly what you're talking about now. Okay. Good deal. So uh, and does anybody, do you need to say anything more about Deutschtown right now before we get these guys to play a song? Uh, we'll say something later. Uh, we'll be in on Thursday. I don't I know. Mean, Deutschtown is that crazy. It really depends on how this goes, whether or not you're going to be in <laughs> on Thursday. You, so you might want to get it out right now. Hey, thanks for uh, nice knowing you. See you, buddy. Bye. All right, here they are. Maybe it's the late hit. <laughs> DVE.
Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Sports this hour brought to you by BobbyRayHall.com. Question for you guys of a baseball-related nature. I told you that through 80 games, a player had 13 homers, 47 RBI, an on-base percentage of 343, an OPS of 815, and was leading his team in home runs, RBI, walks, and uh, had already scored more runs than he did the previous season. What kind of year would you say that guy was having? A good one, Mike. What uh, those numbers are uh, the numbers posted by Gregory Polanco this year after last night's uh, two for three effort in the Pirates six three went over the Nationals. Polanco hit his thirteenth home run uh, as part of that two for three night. He drove in four runs. He scored two. He's up in every category but one. That's batting average. It was 251 last year, and it's still a paltry 236 this but year. But fielding. Hmm? Fielding. It's not any worse, right? Base running. It's not any worse, right? <laughs> well, it couldn't be. No. <laughs> kind of sums up the bucket. It's not any worse. They're actually one game worse than they were at this point last year. Oh, is that but, true? Yeah. Um you know, perception's a funny thing sometimes. And when Austin Meadows came up, there were a lot of people that uh, wanted Polanco in AAA. He was struggling at that point, right? He was. But uh, he is leading the Pirates in homers, RBI, walks. He's also leading them in strikeouts with 76. He is second in on-base percentage behind Francisco Cervelli. He is third in OPS behind Cervelli and Elias Diaz. And he's second uh, on the team in runs scored. 
behind Starling Marte. They do play 162 for a reason. And sometimes May's not the best time to make final decisions on a season. Not that it's doing the Pirates a whole lot of good. They're still only 42 and 48, but they are 2 and 0 since Neil Huntington said on Sunday that 4 and 4 in the upcoming week would not be cutting it in terms of uh, not wanting to sell off whatever the Pirates could sell off. 14,073 were on hand to watch the continued resurgence of Gregory Polanco last night. Bucks will play the Nationals again tonight at PNC Park. Jeremy Hellickson against Joe Musgrove, who's 3-3 three and three with a 3.79 ERA and seven starts. Musgrove uh, has the distinction of being the only Pirates starter with an ERA under four. It's a nice distinction. Really separates him from the pack. Yeah. He's uh, just barely under four at 3.79. But How many up, innings pitched? Well, seven starts. Most of the other guys have, you know, 16, 18. Right. He's got a chance to get that number. Give him some more starts. Where it belongs, Randall. Right. He'll get there. World Cup semifinal number one is this afternoon. It's France against Belgium. 2 p.m. Eastern time uh, tomorrow. It's Croatia against England. 2 p.m. Eastern Time. The uh, two semifinal winners will meet on Sunday for the World Cup Championship. And uh, some more football for you before uh, we call it a day in terms of sports here on the DVE Morning Show. Jaguars running back Leonard Fournette looked unstoppable against the Steelers at times last season, but he intends to be even better this season. According to the Florida Times Union, uh, Fournette plans to weigh in at about 224 pounds this year. That would be down from uh, about 11 pounds down from where he was last year. Sounds like a familiar theory, right? That's what He's doing Le- the Le'Veon Bell thing. Get lighter and quicker and uh, maybe have a better burst and maybe be a little stronger at the end of games, uh, especially when you've gotten a lot of carries. Uh, says Fournette, quote, I feel like I play my best at that weight, 223, 24, 224. That's what I played in college. Why not? I don't want to be average. I want to be above average to be the greatest one to play this game. I feel lighter, quicker, and I have a lot of burst. You might remember when he went to the combine, he had bulked up, and he still. everybody was amazed. He was about 250, and uh, he still ran a real good 40, and so everybody just kind of said, okay, no problem, and he wound up uh, being a high draft pick and uh, going over 1,000 yards as a rookie, but he only averaged 3.9 yards a carry. Uh, what does that mean for Jacksonville if there's a lighter, quicker, better Leonard Fournette carrying the ball? means he's going to run over whoever's replacing Mike Mitchell in the secondary when we play them this year. And maybe who's ever replacing Ryan Chazier on the way to who's ever replacing Mike Mitchell. <laughs> Got to stop that run. And it, uh, it also shows you that uh, one of the reasons Le'Veon Bell wants the money he wants is uh, how he's kind of redefined the position. And I don't know that you necessarily get paid for that, but you get credit for that. Think he'd like that in lieu of pay? Credit no. for redefinition? Yes. Yeah, I don't think so. No. That's credit <laughs> you can't You're still going to want the 17 mil? <laughs> yeah. How about we'll give you a 12 and a half mil and we'll, we'll really give you a lot of credit for redefining the running back position, Lev. Is that okay? No? Possibly not. Probably not. That's sports. All right. We're going to uh, send it back upstairs after the break.
to the Point Park University stage in the Permanis DBE Coffee House as we continue to uh, get ready for this weekend's Deutschtown Music Festival. And there are so many damn bands. So many. So many places. Yeah, there's lots of places to see music. Indoor, so many. outdoor. How many are we talking about? Uh, there's 370 bands or something like that. So that what? what it is? It's a lot. And it's only two days, right? Yes. Over the I'm course probably of only going to be able to see 178 of them. <laughs> uh, the late hit is going to be at the uh, Highmark AHN Park stage Saturday at 7 o'clock. One more from then when we come back. It's the DBE Morning Show. The Point Park University stage upstairs in the Permanis DBE Coffee House right now hosting the late hit. They're going to be performing Saturday, 7 o'clock at Deutschtime Music Festival, Highmark AHN Park stage. And they got one more for us. What are you guys going to play? We're going to play a song called Sway by Chloe Wise. Right on. And Sierra sang that first one, man. I can't wait to hear Chloe sing this one. Here they are one more time. The late hit on DBE.
Wow. That was awesome. Chloe Wise sounded fantastic. Uh, check these guys out. The the uh, the late hit. It's going to be seven o'clock Saturday. Highmark AHN Park Stage for the Deutschtown Music Festival, and uh, a lot more to talk about going on this weekend at Deutschtown. So many bands. Great job, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I was feeling that. That was good. These are both great songs. DVE. Bros talks to angels. It's the DV morning show. That's it for us for today. Thanks to the band, the late hit who were, uh, they were outstanding. They were great. Yep. Deutschtown music festival, Saturday, seven o'clock HN park stage. Also thanks for our buddy Huffy. Matt Huff was in reviewing Ant-Man and the Wasp. He is our resident superhero movie reviewer and Oregon donor awareness, uh, correspondent ambassador, if you will, heart recipient, Spreading the good word. Less than a year ago, he got a brand new heart at Children's Hospital. He'll be with us for uh, Radiothon, and it will be um, two weeks after his one-year anniversary of having received a brand new heart at Children's. And he's doing great, man. It's miraculous. Pretty amazing, yeah. Uh, tomorrow on the show, Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle. Also, Borky's going to be stopping by. He's got some stuff going on. We're going to hang with Bork, talk with him. Double M, Mark Madden. Uh, also, more uh, uh, looking ahead towards this weekend's Deutschland Music Festival with the band Inco Fido and uh, more chances to win the Cut the Line with Crawford and Kennywood. That's right. We'll have two more chances for you to go Sunday to Kennywood and not have to wait in any lines and you get a picnic in the pavilion afterwards. It's a sweet deal. Uh, what time's the World Cup game today, Mike? Two o'clock. France and Belgium. England, Croatia tomorrow. I'm on Belgium. I'm I think I am too. Let's go Belgium. I'm going to usually, uh, I, I side with defense in bigger games, but uh, I did see the Belgium comeback against Japan, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. They were down 2 nothing. Crazy. They looked like they flipped a switch, and uh, I think that might have been a turning point for them in this tournament, Randall. Yes, the Belgians, known for the uh, switch flipping. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you flip the switch. I have no idea what I'm talking about. No. It's fun to watch. None at all. It's a blast. Uh, It's such good strikers. That's coming on. Is that a word? It is. It's all going to come down to the set pieces, I think. Yeah. Michelle's up next with the- Is that like the the third guy high? When you say set piece, you throw that out there to make it seem like you know what you're talking about. I I like to send someone to the far post and crowd the goalie, but that's just me. All right. Quick break. (laughs) We'll be right back, and Michelle Michaels has the electric lunch at noon. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. So now you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.